0: We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe. Well, he, he's, he's not here. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss movies weekly. However, every now and then we have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentaries or something completely different. And this is one of our fun commentaries. This is November 2017's commentary track for Francis Ford Coppola's, Bran Stoker's, Lee Daniels' Dracula. That's that's what we're going for this week. We've done a ton of bonus content. Like we've done, I think since September, like the end of September, we've had so much bonus content that it's almost become a bi-weekly podcast. But you know what? We're not, that's not stopping us. We're going to do this. And uh, joining me to discuss Bram Stoker's Dracula, we have from Why So Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast. He's crossed oceans of time to find this podcast. It's Brandon Peters. Hello from Forbes. He is the monster that breathing MCU and DC fans would kill. It's Scott Mendelson. That is correct. And also from *Wise of Blue, he was in great pain, so he cut off his head, drove a stake through his heart, and burned him, and then he found peace, and then he was brought back to life for the show. It's Jordan Grout.
1: Hello. How are you?
0: How are the three of you doing tonight?
1: Terrific. I am doing very well. Any chance to watch this movie is uh, a great time.
0: Well, good, because I know there is a rabid fan base for Bram Stoker's Dracula, and we will get into all of our opinions on this film and so much more. Uh, But yeah, that's the plan. We're all going to be discussing the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula film. Um, anyone that's following along with this commentary, as in watching the co- watching the film and listening to this track first up, good on ya, Thanks. That's fun. That you decided to be like, hey, I can watch Dracula, but with these four yokels talking about it. Uh, if you want to do that, what we're planning to do is talk over the movie. As commentary tracks, that's how they work. We currently all have it paused at five seconds in. So if you want to sync up, that's what you need to do. It's right where the Columbia Pictures logo appears on screen, as in the words Columbia Pictures. And so, yeah, anyone else that's just listening to listen, you don't have to do anything. You just sit there and be yourself. I'm going to count down from three on the sound of go. We're all going to press play, and we're just going to start talking. That's the plan. So I think that's everything I need to get out of the way. So you guys ready? Yes. Ready when you are.
2: Come, be one of my children of the night.
0: Thank one, you, Borat.
3: Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, 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 uh,
0: uh. Alright, I'm gonna start this. Here we go. Three, two, one,
4: go.
3: This is uh from supernova's Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> yes.
2: When's Tom Cruise gonna show up?
3: Can we talk oh, about? Are, is this? Are we celebrating the death of the dark universe, or, <laughs> the, or well, this the return, is? Yeah, this or is this the return of Stranger Things for a known writer. There's a or- lot of
0: tie-ins to why this fits right now. First up, it's the 25th anniversary of Dracula this month. <laughs> uh, that's this movie came out November 1992. Um, Gary Oldman has a big release coming up where he plays Winston Churchill <laughs> Winona Ryder's currently back in Stranger Things uh, and yeah, the Dark Universe just died so what better way to celebrate um, Universal's failed attempt to make a cinematic universe than by talking about a different attempt to just bring back these older monsters
3: From Columbia Pictures
0: Yeah, from Columbia it
3: was
2: a gigantic success
0: Here's the scene where you see all of Dracula Untold done much better and in five minutes
2: Yeah <laughs> Same costume
0: <laughs> pretty much yeah um i want to get to our individual opinions on this film in a second but i want to talk at first of how crazy i did i didn't really think about this until i was kind of looking at the movie how crazy is this cast like not as far as like good or bad but just as far as variety you have gary oldman in heartthrob mode winona ryder anthony hopkins keanu reeves richard e grant carrie elwes and billy campbell and tom waits and Bellucci. like that's that's an insane ensemble cast, like of so many different. Yeah, this like... was. It,
3: well, it, this was. This is like you know, late eighties, early nineties Keanu, where somebody somebody got favors and money thrown in and got him in this movie because he's. I like Keanu a lot, but he he <laughs> sticked out in this movie quite a bit. This is
2: the exception that proves the rule. <laughs>
3: right. Yeah. This, this when when people talk about. You know they're they're disdain for Keanu. This this is uh this is one of their shining examples. Um,
2: and in this case, unfortunately, they're
1: correct. Um, but I think Keanu adds that like bizarre like other sorry other worldness to a film. Like he's yeah. just like, out of yeah way.
0: yeah he, he he's the granny's peach tea of Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's for sure. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's. And I mean.
3: It's like it's like you know you think period piece with Keanu Reeves as much as you do like Burt Reynolds you know like it's
0: just oh you mean in the name of the king a Dungeons Detail Tales yes. Burt Reynolds yes.
4: <laughs> right uh,
0: this Aww. stuff is awesome by the way like okay yeah. let, we'll get to opinions let's let's do that but this like this whole opening sequence looks fantastic like it's and I guess we'll note this now. Coppola, what, he didn't use, like, any computer effects or, like, very, the most, the minimum as possible, right? Like, he wanted to do this as as practically an in-camera as he could?
2: He tried to do, to make the movie with about as much technology as they would have had in 1922. Uh
4: Uh-huh.
2: Now, how faithful he was to that idea... I, I don't have a list in front of me, but it speaks that was to, the it speaks. It speaks to how good the
0: movie continues to look. Like, it's not a matter are yes. feeling dated because it's obviously going to be dated in some way. It's just more of how how kind of everything fits into frame and you don't really question it because the style. It becomes, yeah, it becomes yeah.
2: more stylish yeah. than, than it was. Uh, so well, like, it's, it's, it's a any... film that's dated the second it's released, and that's part of its charm. It's very yeah. much a throwback picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is very timeless, both because of its period settings and because, yeah, it doesn't necessarily use modern special effects that are going to age in a particular way. Jordan, what are you saying? I
1: was going to say uh, you can pretty much take any frame from this film and put it up on a wall, and it was- mm-hmm. well, we'll they're
0: see. all one
2: perfect shots. Well, let, let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's,
0: use that. Let's, let's let's use that to get to our opinions on this movie as we're talking about it because I know we vary. Uh, Jordan, you're a fan of this film, right? Uh,
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorite films of all time. I saw it when I was very little. like When it first came out, I think I was in third grade. And I snuck into the uh, movie theater to watch it. Uh, And I've seen it pretty much every year since. Uh, It it never gets old. And I even have the uh, teaser poster of this film framed in my uh, apartment. Which is crazy, by the way, because the teaser poster only has... The gargoyle on it, and it says "Beware." Mm-hmm. Now that that image is iconic, but back then, like imagine seeing that, and being like, wait, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> like, what, what's well, this gar- f- five
3: years later, this would have that gargoyle, and then atop it, have floating heads of all the cast.
0: If it was a Paramount release, it definitely would. Yeah, they love floating heads. <laughs> Brandon, what are your thoughts on the, on Dracula?
3: Uh, I enjoy. Like, I'm a fan. I, I always am fascinated with uh, adaptations of this same story and different stuff. Like, the, even the, the John Batham one um, from the 70s interests me. And they all have their own, like, style, their own take. This one's, like, I, I think the closest to the novel, as mm-hmm. can be. And uh, a funny story, when I, the first time my well, first attempt at watching it was, uh, I think it was at my uh, I was at my uncle's house, and it was, like, my cousin's, like, third, fourth birthday. A lot of young kids around in a, like, I didn't realize everyone was in a, like, a kitchen or something, and uh, or they're outside at the time, and it was like, next on HBO, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I was like, oh, I wanted to see this. And then uh, everybody came into open presence I didn't realize during the scene with uh, Keanu, uh, where he meets Monica Bellucci, pretty much. Ow, 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 they're like, shit. what are you, turn it on! I was like, oh. So I had to go uh, run it and watch it <laughs> later. <laughs> I want to get to Scott. But, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. on. It's, it's 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 terrific movie. It's one of Coppola's best, I think. Um I think there's four movies that easily go above this, but it's it's really good. It's really it I, it's it's got some goofiness that I don't think it gets a lot of credit for too, That make it fun.
0: I want to get to Scott in a second. I want to note though, I'm on the Wikipedia page and there's a whole section devoted to Keanu Reeves which I found to be funny. <laughs> um <laughs> Scott, what do you think of Dracula?
2: Uh, I enjoy it a lot as a visual treat, as a relatively faithful adaptation of the novel. Um, I'll get into that later. But, I mean, as a narrative, it's almost incomprehensible. Perhaps intentionally so. Uh, I remember, you know, I, I, I had I not read the book twice before seeing the movie, just happenstance, I probably would have had a tough time following the film. Um, it's totally all over the place. It is... You know, it's 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 but it's a lot of fun. And it's so big and grandiose and you know, it really does you know, you know, in the in November of ninety two, this was an event movie. You know, the film made thirty-two million dollars on opening weekend, which at the time was the fifth biggest opening weekend ever. Huh. Um behind uh, Terminator two, Lead the Weapon Three, Batman and Batman Returns. Uh now it was very front-loaded, it did eighty two million domestic. Um but let me tell you, if you were old enough to see this film in a theater on opening weekend, you went and you saw this film in a theater on opening weekend. You know, this was, you know, this was back during when, you know, if a movie made 30, 40 million dollars, everybody at school had seen it that weekend. Um, so, I mean, even, you know, this was back when I was you know old enough to be very aware of films that I wasn't necessarily old enough to see yet. I was pissed that I wasn't allowed to see this one because I had you know, read the book. So, you know, a but I did see it eventually when it premiered on HBO. Um, I like it a lot. I respect the hell out of it. You know, it's not a terribly coherent picture, but I don't think that's what Coppola is going for. He's going for a feeling, a, a tone, um, a certain grandiose uh, would, opera. Would and you say it, sense, a tone Detroit. poem, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I know it's a cliché. It,
0: it's a Giallo. It's a Giallo film. That's really what it is. Like, oh. Yeah,
3: no, it's got it's got a lot of those elements.
0: Yeah, I um I like this movie as far as its style. I, this is if when some people ask, uh, you know, about kind of style over substance type films, this is one that definitely leaps to mind. It is such a, a work of art uh, compared to a work of cinematic value out anything outside of cinematography and effects and whatnot like as, as a narrative it's fine but as a you know just something to look at and watch and see just be displayed in front of you it's fantastic it's very fun um i think there's a lot of camp value that the people that are huge fans of it, not necessarily this group, but people that are like really devoted to just how great this movie is, don't seem to kind of want to regard the fact that there's a lot of can't value in it. They take it a little more seriously than I do, but yeah, I no, think it's just, it's yeah. super fun. Like, it's, it's a really fun movie to watch because of having things like Reeves or having Anthony Hopkins, who's incapable of giving bad performances be in this and just have a ton of have a blast like being a vampire hunter like it has all these elements and it just works for that reason i i do think there's plenty of other coppola films that i like more um but uh if you're giving me this compared to something like jack uh i'll take this any day <laughs> uh, i
3: i think i think you're your like, on something because i think it's got a reputation for being like straight face but it's actually kind of off balance a lot more than it is straight like some of the like actors performances in this movie don't match up with each other in like even within like single scene like old man kind of goes here and there and around and stuff like that and i think uh, that's part of the fun with it but i think it gets picked up like uh, from an outside looking in as like a, a straightforward just like Rigid, hard, you know, Dracula story well, with some I,
0: style. But. I, I'm convinced that everybody, with the exception of Reeves and Billy Campbell, are doing exactly what they're what they, what they want to be doing in this film. Mm-hmm. I think th- those two are playing it straighter than they should be. Well, even Winona Ryder, I think, is she's very much in on the quote unquote joke of the film. I think there, of as far as kind of how camp to play it, how heightened to play it, how uh, broke. Like there's just there's so much here that. The cast seems to dig into, and I think Coppola's. I mean, obviously it's Coppola, so he's, he knows what he's doing. But he's a great actor's director, and I don't think there's any shots here beyond, again, some of the Reeves stuff and Billy Campbell. Uh, that is it's what I, I like. Billy Campbell, fine as Rocketeer, but it's oh, like yeah, the yeah. guys. The guy doesn't have that much range. I think mean, that's it's, mm-hmm. that's that's why he's not in a lot of stuff. I mean, he's not very very rangy. But I I don't think they're. They're more or less here because they're, you know, a face where the rest of these people are, they're really doing something. <laughs>
2: um, two things I'd like to interject. Uh, yes, I mean, it, Anthony Hopkins is one of those actors, and I know I say this all the time, but I think it's, it's, it's worth noting. He's regarded as a very serious, esteemed, you know, thespian, but he is so much more at home in Pulp Fiction. Whether it's something like this, whether it's, you know, *Sansa* Lambs. I mean, you know, that's a star-making performance. And that, Mm -hmm. well, I think it's, frankly, one of my all-time favorite movies. And it's very, in some ways, it's very serious. It's also, you know, Pulp Fiction. You know, The Mask of Zorro. You know, this, obviously. You know, Scarlett Johansson, I think, is the same way. That's someone that you think of as being a very serious performer that is a lot more at home just, you know, in schlock.
3: Transformers the Last Night, right?
2: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, And this was actually off the top of my head, this was his Hopkins' first major role after Silence of the Lamps. So that was a big deal that they got Emmys Elsing in this, um, which was another reason why this film was popular. Um, the other thing is, is when I feel this is the first, as far as I know, this is the only version of Dracula, and I'm not an expert on this, that actually uses the whole diary gimmick and the whole letters thing. And I remember the first time reading the book, I don't know if you've read the book or not, but, 90% of the book is done in the format of letters and diary passages. Mm. Yeah. Very weird. And I, the first time I read the book, it wasn't until around 50 pages that I realized, wait a minute. And then I skipped sort to the end of the book. and like, holy shit, the entire book's like this. Um, and this is the only film that I can recall, a version of this, that, that honors that narrative technique, relatively speaking. I mean, it's still a movie. Um. Yeah, but but by default, this is the one that's probably the most faithful of the book.
0: Well, I mean, as we all know, Dracula Untold has a po- post-credit scene of of uh, Luke Evans just writing a lot of letters, but that's you know that doesn't yes. really matter. Um, here's our here's our first glimpse of Gary Oldman's old man Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Gary
2: Oldman's sex symbol. <laughs>
0: Look at the like. Look at his cape. Look how just ridiculously long it is as it goes back behind him.
2: And, Stars like, without makeup.
0: And watch the shadows. Like there's so much fun work here. Oh, the with, shadows like, are great. Is how like Hobo tries to mess with you while you're in this kind of his, you know, his his castle. Uh, yeah, this this movie so painterly. Just And
3: yeah, uh, this was uh parodied in the original Treehouse of
1: Horror.
0: Yeah, one of the with first. Mr. Burns, yeah.
1: yeah. And Leslie. Ne-
0: yeah yeah and, and Dracula's dead and loving it of course.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
3: didn't this get didn't this this got a Sega CD game, didn't it?
0: Yes it did. <laughs> I remember yeah, it was
3: like, I was like wow. that's when you know you've made it. <laughs> yeah. This and Cliffhanger Sega CD.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we had to run there for a
0: while. Well the, that I mean that was back when every movie was getting like a movie game tie-in. <laughs> they they're all like The Terminator, Terminators all had them. Milk Money, the video game. <laughs> remember
3: Philadelphia, the action figure set. That was my, one of my favorite Sessnail sketches. And at the end, it's like, coming soon, Philadelphia, the game. And it was some, like, F1 jet flying around shooting things. I was like, yes. <sighs> you can't fire me for having AIDS. <laughs> Courtroom ejector seat.
0: Let's talk about some of the history of this movie um this was made because coppola needed to not go bankrupt <laughs> that's a big yes. part it's a big part of his his zoetrope studios um was struggling heavily because what he had he just said what was it was it tucker was that before this uh, or I think he well no he had godfather he,
3: he was forced into godfather three yeah he, had, so forced he was
0: forcing to... godfather three <laughs> which was it was a hit also um yeah.
3: It was nominated for Best Picture. I
0: mean, yeah, it got so, it got it got what it was presumably supposed to get out of all that. It just has a weird legacy and it made money, but no so Zoetrope was still like just like it was losing it was like bleeding money. <laughs> so yeah, he had to do this, which worked out for him, but to save the studio. Was, um, was
3: uh, uh, Bogdanovich and, and Freakin' still part of, they disbanded from him. Yes.
0: Just, yeah.
3: Like, I think I was in the mid
4: '80s.
0: Yeah, during during the '80s in general, like he was, Coppola was not making. I mean, he was making passion projects here or there, but like they well, weren't making him much money. <laughs>
3: he was, he was just like most uh, most of those big name, you know, directors in the '70s that just blew up and won the onset. They didn't really last past the '80s too much. Most, I mean, Spielberg stuck around, but a lot and Scorsese, but a lot of them started just fading, like Friedkin and.
0: Like, De Palma's never been, like, a um, hit-maker. Uh, well, he had Untouchables. That was, like, the it was like his huge yeah. hit, But and then, like, yeah. car- carry right. before that, but that was a while ago at that point. like he, he...
2: Yeah, well, even I mean, Scorsese, I mean, I yeah. love After Hours, but between Raging Bull and Goodfellas, it was kind of a, box office-wise, it was kind of a dead zone.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so many of them, uh, what was his name? George uh, George Lucas okay yeah, like, uh, George Lucas quit um <laughs> yeah, pretty much yeah, Michael, yeah. Uh, Michael Cimino,
0: Oh Chimino yeah, yeah
3: he, I mean all these like all these people that were like it was the director's era and then all of a sudden I mean new ones would rise in the 80s but the big guns who made like great all-time movies during that decade would just
2: fall off
0: well the guys that were yeah the guys were changing everything in the 70s pioneered it yeah
2: Perfect metaphor for the American
4: Western.
2: Um, I think, you know, to a certain extent, Coppola would go through periods where he would basically make the kind of artsy fartsy films that George Lucas keeps claiming he's about gonna make eventually, one of these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, he had
3: Captain EO in the eighties. Forgot about that. Yep. Did.
2: Oh yeah. I mean that's
0: I guess that's the watch his shadows the shadows are great in this like I just keep moving like while Oldman's standing still, um, look at his hands like like going after
4: him. they're like
3: really play, they're almost like a cat Do yeah you know
0: yeah um, was I was gonna say yeah like Coppola he his um I was gonna I had a point to it I just got caught watching the shadows. <laughs>
3: You were going to tell us how Twixt is pretty underrated. We should all go see it.
0: Hey, Twixt is a movie that exists. I like, I like Tetro quite a bit, though. Tetro power! I, I like Tetra a lot. <laughs> um, with young Alden Ehrenrich in there. Mm-hmm. With young Solo. I, I think Tetra's pretty good.
2: Um, um, I, if we're talking about underloved uh, Coppola films, I feel like The Rainmaker is fantastic. Um, as a just kick-ass studio picture even in you know 20 years ago is a kind of movie they don't make that much anymore
0: um it's the cat like couple in general like obviously there's you know his run in the 70s where you got godfather conversation godfather apocalypse yeah. now like it's incredible like because you mm-hmm. he's essentially made four of the greatest movies ever made in like, a yeah, row you're unstoppable. <laughs> but like his 80s stuff there's a lot of, i mean yeah people like the outsiders quite a bit peggy sue got married was a hit Rumblefishes, yeah, fishes, fish, Rumble Rumble fishes, fishes means, huh? which just got a Criterion release. Um, <laughs> Captain Neo, Cotton Club's interesting. Tucker's, it's what it is. Um, like, I look at Jack as his worst film, and I and I people can often regard Coppola as like having like a bunch of crap besides the you know the very notable films, but he's pretty solid throughout his career. <laughs> like, it's I mean, just they're he, they're not as he, notable as some of those huge ones. <laughs>
3: I mean, most people can't even get close to making you know the conversation, or just just the Godfather, or something like you know. He's got four of those that are just unquestionably four of the greatest films ever made. But you know, then you go outside of that. I mean, it's crazy. Well, you
0: look at like Godfather. some,
3: Some people only have so much in them.
0: You look at you know, Godfather and 3, and it's like, the, that movie's only gets bad regard because it's just not as not quite as good as The Godfather. Yeah. It's like, that's it's, the it's that's It's very the
4: good con- yeah. compared to,
3: like, extremely great,
0: you know? Yeah. yeah, that's that's the measuring stick you're going by why, in, as far as why Part 3 gets such a lesser regard. It's like, because it's not the best film ever made.
2: <laughs> but I think also, you know, it, it, it's... I like it, and, you know, I mean, I'm not huge on The Dark Knight Rises, but I... I I, I understand. You know, it's not a terrible picture, but you have a situation with the Godfather where it's basically you have the rise of the fall of Don Corleone, the rise of Michael Corleone. And then part two with flashbacks, whatever, you have the rise of Don Corleone and the moral fall of Michael Corleone. And the story is basically over. So then the Godfather part three is just, OK, what else happens? Or, well, or you know, adding well, the book it was over, too. Yeah, yeah. That, well, I mean, as, as we
0: said, Coppola was strong armed into making
2: part yeah. three. But I'm saying, you know, on its own, you're right. It's a good picture. It's an interesting picture.
3: It's iconic too. I mean, that that scene where the uh, they sh- the helicopter is shooting down the the meetup. Uh, they pull yeah. me back in. Like, there's there's so much iconic.
0: Andy Garcia I- in general.
3: Uh, yeah. He's great in that. He's movie. He's great yeah. He
0: got an uh, Oscar nomination for that movie.
3: <laughs> there's a lot of iconic moments in that movie, and it takes a lot to even have that. I mean, it's very good. Yes, there's. It's got some weird questionable things but it's a solid film and it's a good uh
0: companion piece to the first two it's it it the ending is fucking great like the last 20 okay. minutes are there are tense and sad and emotional and then you get that final shot he just falls over alone oranges like it's, it's and the other big thing about that movie is obviously coppola had to Sophia coppola had to come in to replace this movie's Winona Ryder, uh, yep. which you you could, you always wonder how much different that movie would be regarded if Winona Ryder actually got to play the part she was supposed she was going to play in it. But she, she she was tired, dropped out.
3: It would have been acceptable incest. That's right. why.
0: <laughs> yeah, but here she is in this movie. <laughs> she came. Coppola paid her back. Hmm.
3: Or she paid him back. She
0: paid him. Regard. It was. It all worked out except for the part where Gary Oldman and Winona Ryder hated each other while making the movie. But you know, aside from that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you can also see why she'd be in this. I mean, have, being like a like Burton's kind of oh, yeah. lead for a bit. It's like, yeah, she's got like a weirdness to her that makes sense to put her in this kind of
2: oddball Dracula movie. Can, can, speaking of which, can you imagine, you know, November 1992, how jealous Tim Burton was watching this movie? Oh, you know, geez. Six months off of Batman Returns, which, money aside, you know, almost killed his career. And then along comes this movie, which is, you know, Basically, something out of his own imagination, and it's not his. And when a Writer's in it to boot, yeah, yeah. Oh.
0: How has Burton not made like a straight up mo- like Universal monster bo- like the closest he has is like Frankenweenie, and, and I, guess well, Hollow. Hollow, I guess Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow.
3: We would have had a. Had a had which was Johnny- which
0: was which was produced by Coppola. We should say. Yeah.
3: We could have had a Johnny Depp, Jonathan Harker, and a uh, Michael Keaton, Dracula. <laughs>
2: Michael Keaton, Dracula. You know, Chris, Chris, Walken or go home. You're
4: Now
0: Michael Keaton would be Renfield.
2: Renfield, yes.
3: Michael Goff would be Van Helsing.
0: Oh yeah, Michael Goff would be Van
4: Helsing. Oh my god, that'd be perfect.
2: But who would do the music? <laughs> <laughs>
0: As Dracula's stalking Nina. <laughs>
3: This is the Emperor Palpatine shot.
0: Yeah, there, there it go. is. Yeah, there is another Skywalker.
3: You want this, don't you?
0: We missed the introduction of the, our key players: uh, Billy Campbell and Richard E. Grant and um, Carrie Ellis. But yep. they're there,
4: and they—I
0: uh, believe they like—they worked. They like uh, went on like retreat together to kind of get to know each other and form like a con robbery, since they're all mm-hmm. going to be like buddies for life in this movie.
3: You know, uh, Carrie Ellis was he like? Is he, like, the the anti-generic white hero guy where he, you know, kind of blew up off of being the lead of a movie and then just went into side parts afterwards?
4: Oh! Uh, yeah. I, they I mean, th- I mean,
3: it's, it's, like, Days of Thunder and, and you know, this. And, I, like, he never really had that big lead again
0: until, well, what? Here and there they cut they tried to push him in because, like, it, it seemed like it was fits and starts where, like, Princess Bride came along and, like, then he just went back to being side guy. Then he had like Robin Hood Men in Tights and The Crush right. back to back. Well, I think
2: part of it is he's, he doesn't look or act like a conventional leading man, sure. so you don't necessarily put him in the kind of movie that Tom Cruise would star in or Tom Berenger would star in. Or but, you know, I mean, Luke, if it was William today's climate, they would
3: try. They would try yeah. if it was today's climate.
2: Well, it's because he's. True. It's
0: weird because he. Ellis is weird because he has, and I know Jordan, you have like an autographed book by Elwes don't you? yeah yeah <laughs> um he has this kind of he's not like he's funny but he's not like foppish if that makes sense like he's like there's something about him where like his when he ch- when he's like making fun of his own vanity, which he can do, it's mm-hmm. not as like. It doesn't, like, it doesn't hit you as hard as, like, someone like Brendan Fraser, where, like, you want to see more of that. It's more like, oh, there's that serious English guy that's, like, making fun of himself a little bit. I don't need to see that more. And so it just, like, it's like, all right, so let's just put him back in these other movies, like Twister, where he's a bad guy, or Liar Liar, like, where he's, like, the the the, the boyfriend on the side who's, like, a kind of a foil. Or for, like, Saw, mean.
3: where he's Lawrence Gordon, <laughs>
4: the doctor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's in Shadow the Vampire,
1: too, speaking of Dracula. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's right, he is. Yeah, There seems to be something off
0: about him. Because he's not, like... I wouldn't say Cary was is like, a character actor. Like, he doesn't have that kind of... Like, that's not the kind of skill he possesses. He seems like, like you're saying, Brandon, he's, like, a leading man that just doesn't quite get those parts, and so he's just put other places instead.
3: I mean, he got the perfect role from him right off the bat with Princess Bride nailed it, and that's, I mean...
0: And then he's spoofing it, like, ten years yeah. later. Like, yeah, he you
3: spoofs, know? yeah, and yeah. his... His next most known, yeah, probably.
2: Um, well, I just think you know, I I, I just think it's he's a, he was a, gave a memorable performance in a movie that we all liked, but again, I don't I don't think you think of him as a conventional leading man in a conventional star vehicle. Having said that, he's been gainfully employed for what thirty years. Yeah,
0: he's well liked. So, like no one seems to have any know. problem with him. Well, <laughs> unless, unless, no, no, you it, unless
2: like, you're.
3: James Wanner Lee one L and Lionsgate. You might have a problem for for, for a few what years. I gather
0: that was
2: their
3: fault. Till someone signs a check, then you then you have no problems anymore. Yeah. It
0: seems like it's their fault as well as probably more his agents than him specifically. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. yeah. Um to be it, fair, uh, I assume they didn't think the movie was gonna blow up into a cultural phenomenon.
4: Yeah.
0: I know um, Dan I know Danny Glover didn't because he doesn't talk about Saw at all. So <laughs> I like the idea that Keanu Reeves is just completely cool with the fact that a man's, like, floating around him and lifts him magically and, like, random things happen always all the time. Well, he's Keanu. He's
2: always chill. Yeah. Yeah, he's
0: unflappable. That's for sure. That's, that's true. That,
2: that,
3: with this movie, it might be... That might be his interpretation of, of being uneasy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite things that Gary Oldman does in this movie, by the way, when he, he oh, licks, yeah. that, licks that razor. Just what
1: I mean, that's, like,
2: super goofy, right? Like... <laughs>
0: It's the joy in his face as he's doing it. Yeah. It's just like, yep, <laughs> that's where we're at.
2: I might be a little behind you. Has he already licked the blade? You just, Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Okay, I'm skip a little bit. I'm just sad that
3: haircut never took off.
0: <laughs> I'm sure there are some people that are oh, going oh, for oh, it. Oh, oh. Man, if Instagram was around back then, <laughs> people doing, huh. doing the Dracula.
1: <laughs> How do you guys compare this to Frankenstein? the
2: can't I like I like that one a lot. Um I mean completely different movies. It's a you know they're both obviously Baroque, ironic melodramas, but Frankenstein's a more straightforward story anyway. You know, it's it's for one thing, it's not written as a bunch of freaking letters. It's a lot <laughs> easier to read. Um but <laughs> um, I like Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein a lot, I always have. I've I'm a big defender. Um,
0: I haven't seen it in over a decade, probably. I think it's okay-ish. I think the first half works better than basically when De Niro gets involved. I think the stuff leading up to the monster is pretty effective. But once that happens, like, all right, yeah. This, here's that's fair. It.
3: It, it's got less of a stylish touch to it, more of a straightforward,
0: grounded Cause, approach. It, it's enjoyable. It's because Brana's it. a fairly boring everyman director. <laughs> like, that's probably right, or, right. Or a journeyman director. Like, I like Brana, but...
4: You no, know, you're, no, you're he's, right.
0: He's, he hasn't really evolved much throughout his career as a director. It's a lot of like, yep, still doing the Dutch angles and still, you know, medium shots and what, like, there's not much, there's not, it's not <laughs> much there. I did like how
2: they had one really obvious Dutch angle in Murder on the Iron Express and there yep. was like a reason for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, hey, screw you, I'm putting one of these in there.
0: I was surprised there wasn't more. It seems like a movie that really, yeah. like, go should go for it compared to like Jack Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you like Frankenstein, no, I, Brandon? I, what? Do you like Frankenstein?
3: I, it's okay. It's, it's solid. I am I mean, I, I just watched it a couple of years ago and I, just, I thought it was, it was fine. It's got some interesting things. I'm I'm always, like I said, interested to see the, the takes on these classic monster stories from
2: long ago. And I don't know. Uh,
0: Darabont co-wrote that one too. Darabont's all over yeah. the place lately.
2: <laughs> I will say something that always pissed me off about the Frankenstein the reviews for Mary Shelley's Frankenstein back in 94 and like it, don't like it, whatever. That's that's you know, it's subjective opinion. But I was amazed by the number of critics that basically accused the film of quote stealing the old man the soup scene from Bride of Frankenstein*, completely right. unaware that that scene was in the original friggin' novel.
4: Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: And that was you know, as a fourteen-year-old, that was a very good lesson that way. Even sometimes the professionals don't know their stuff. Like I can be better than this.
1: Jordan, do
0: you
2: like uh,
1: Frankenstein? I do, yeah. Uh, it's A-OK. It's it's a perfectly enjoyable, enjoyable film. Uh, it's not...
0: It's not ex- this. <laughs> no. Uh,
1: this is... Uh, very few films can transport the viewer in the way that this film does, I feel.
2: Uh, sadly, one exception was the Interview with a Vampire, which came out a week after Frankenstein. <laughs>
3: which which this movie gives us that Frankenstein movie and it probably also gives us like something like wolf a couple of yeah. years later too. Yeah. so it kind of it kind of spawned a little bit of a resurgence on the classic monsters which probably every, every, every
2: and well
0: this is what we we every talked about decade this does like we talked every, about this in our horror podcast episodes where yeah. that we I, i've said this often where i think the 90s there is a there wasn't much going on in the realm of horror, but as we talk, it's more of like because uh, there was a lot of these adult thrillers and these yeah. throwbacks, such so as you know, and yeah, Coppola had a big hand in this because he kind of brought back this era where you have, yeah, Dracula, Frankenstein, Sleepy Hollow, eventually, Wolf. Um, the, 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 the lower budget, uh,
3: stuff wasn't and teen stuff wasn't healthy, but the, the adult stuff was, was doing fine,
0: yeah, and then on the side, you also have Silence of the Lambs bringing its own thing back, so you have that and Seven and. And there's Car- stuff that K- has kiss the girls. Yeah. Yeah, Car-Carriellis. <laughs> Car-Carriellis has kiss the girls. And, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, this but- is less movie than more like a big fantasy movie almost. Like a yeah. Uh, that's a fairy tale, kind of like um uh what, what's what's a classic fantasy film?
2: Um like Thief of Baghdad yeah,
0: like, oh, Beauty yeah. and the Beast or Cocteau's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah.
2: No, this is very much. This was sold and received as an epic horror movie.
4: Yeah, you know, it
2: was an event. You know, again, I mean, considering how much money it made, it was an event movie of that, that season. It was the biggest non-summer opening ever. Um, it was the second biggest R-rated opening ever behind. Ter- well, I'm sorry, actually third, because you have Terminator Two and Blade the Weapon Three. Um, and as I said, you know, I'm mean, just you. Know, it was a big freaking deal when this came out. Um, and I have lost a lost train of thoughts, so please continue, because I interrupted you anyway, and I apologize. What's Keanu coming off of? Point Break? It's right after Point Break? Yeah, yeah, this is close yes. to Point Break, yep. Uh, Maybe my, my private audio, Idaho, which was 91 as well, but I don't know the exact timing. You got Providence,
3: Bill and Ted's bogus journey.
0: Oh, he was busy. Yeah, that's why he, he's claimed that he was exhausted, which is why he didn't give a better performance in this movie
3: <laughs> no nah, dude you were just keanu man it's fine
0: well it's like it's you weird because it's weird because something like private idaho he's legit good in that yeah
2: uh yeah.
0: but like point break i love point break but he's not good in that movie No, <laughs> like, I no. So. that's
2: a rare up thing where he over to his detriment but yeah no
3: he's younger he's i mean keanu reeves is a guy you've watched kind of improve as his career has gone on
0: well, it's neat to see where he's improved at because again I mean, like he's good he's good in movies at that point it's just yeah. I guess the kind of the kind of like just look like uh, what three years later in speed he's far better as action right. hero like he's, yeah. he does a great job
3: <laughs> it's like it's like the you know modern day today we have Channing Tatum who's continued to get better and better and better because when he came on like oh he's in this movie and now people He's a big star. People want to go see his movies.
0: Well, you say that, but it's funny. As he's gotten better, people see less and less of his movies. So. True, true.
2: <laughs> well, I just think, you know, James Tatum had just a, a run in 2012 and 2013 where he was, hey, look, he's our new star, but then he's not.
0: Well, it's like around that oh. time you have, like, what, G.I. Joe, is. Yeah. Well, that's That's 09. But you, you move forward, you get to Magic Mike, you get to... Um, Hey, you, get, you get to Street. his his, his twenty one Jump Street's like the breakout as far as like yeah. oh this guy he's more than just this thing, um, and at the same time Soderbergh's like I have a new muse so you get Haywire and side effects and Magic Mike all in a row for him too. Uh, by the way Soderbergh loves Channing Tatum, um, <laughs> and that but then you get like you get something like White House Down which should should be a giant success because it's awesome but also because everybody's uh, good actually. at it <laughs> and then it's like a giant bomb.
2: Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, it just costs too much. Um, and I say that as somebody that, don't tell anyone, I like what has down more than Die Hard.
0: But even then, though, it's like, it's, loud. yes, but even though it didn't even get that much regard, like. No, no, like it, I still
2: have to defend it four years later.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a weird one to like, for some reason, that's the one that people turned their backs on. <laughs> um, meanwhile, we're getting the third Olympus is Fallen movie
2: in a year or two. So. Yeah. We get the franchise we deserved. <laughs> and now they're going to eat a baby. Yum. Oh, yeah. So
1: after this, Coppola, was it Jack? It's was Jack. His...
0: Jack is Jack is next when he hits his low point.
1: Which is so weird because this movie, <laughs> it's so inventive. And it's just like this product of a madman. And then Jack is just so bland visually. It, what's
0: weird about Jack is like I I can't, I can't seem to find any story that says like, that talks about him wanting to do Jack. Like, there's nothing that's like, he wasn't desperate to make this movie, but yeah. he seemed to be interested in this topic. And just, so it just like, he just Did had he a bad work
3: with Robin Williams. During, I, well, like, I mean, the, honestly, I, on, like,
0: honestly, I think that's part of it. Like, cause there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing here that says like he desperately needed to do this or like that Zoetrope was on the rocks again. It's just more of like, yeah. he took this role and made it and it's terrible. And it's, so it's like, I, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand why Jack happened. That's, <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah, um, it's no. I, I think Brandon's right. I think he wanted to work with Robin Williams. He wanted to work with Bill Cosby, who I mean, has a you know major supporting role in it, who is quite good in the film. Um, as is Jennifer Lopez. That was right when she was breaking out and constantly being the best thing about bad movies. Um, Money Train. Uh, yes, Money Train. <laughs> yeah, that was the other one.
0: Um, is she the best thing in Money Train? It's not Robert Robert Blake. Can we go over all the terrible people in all these movies? <laughs> no, no, I'm
2: <don't>. with <laughs> Lopez. Uh, Wasn't like last minute? Didn't they push it back? Money Train? No, No. Jack. Jack?
0: No, Jack I wouldn't
2: know. I know it came out in the summer of '96.
0: Yeah, it's like an August movie.
1: But then at the last minute, like they pushed it back a month. I will take your word on that. I. uh,
0: I'm not sure. I don't know.
1: But no one really cares because it's Jack.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. It's a terrible thing. (laughs) Yeah. I really hate Jack guys. I don't know if you know this. But like,
2: <laughs> I honestly don't have any strong feelings for it. I saw it once in yep. theaters, and there were things about it I liked, there were things about it I didn't, and what I, I have no desire to revisit it ever again.
0: It's like I, in the, I it,
3: forgot Bill Cosby was in that movie until you guys just said that. And I was like, oh yeah.
0: In in the realm uh, of in the realm of the, the the strange amount of Robin Williams films, I really don't like, despite loving Robin Williams. That that's right at the bottom, like oh under yeah. under flubber. Under um any other nineties one that people seem to love inexplicably that I don't um.
4: well, That's the weird
2: <laughs> thing about Robin Williams, you know, I wrote about this right after he died, is that most of his comic movies aren't very good. His good movies are his dramas.
4: Yeah.
2: Um and I'm not someone that would ever say, Oh, drama is better than comedy. If anything, I I feel the opposite. That you know, comedy is obviously harder than drama. Um but you know, when I think of Robin, the great Robin Williams pictures, it's you know, Awakenings, Fisher King, you know, Goodwill Hunting, you know, etc. You know, even stuff that you know, Being Human, that I think is, I would say, it's underrated because nobody's seen it. So it's, it's.
0: Uh, I love. Uh, a, I, I'm a Good Morning Vietnam fan. That's my go-to kind of.
2: But even then, oh, I would argue, is a drama with a with a funny character. No,
0: yeah, I think it's 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 the blending of both that I think yeah. succeeds for me, and that's where the some uh, of the best ones succeed. Even like uh, in uh, what's it? Uh, Insom- Aladdin, come
2: on, guys.
0: Aladdin. Well, <laughs> it's a tune. Insomnia. A he's great. Like I, having I just re- I rewatched all the Nolan's films before Inter or Interstellar. Uh, Dunkirk came out, and Insomnia. He's great in, and it got over- oh, yeah. it, it got overshadowed by One Hour Photo, which I think is fine, but it's like.
2: Insomnia
0: is better. Insomnia is a trickier role, I think he has to play, and he's he's fantastic in it. And up against oh. up against uh, the Godfather's Pacino, of course, which is directed by Francis Ford oh, wow. who directed Bram Stoker's Dracula, which we should be talking about. Um, so <laughs> we're going over the boat scene right
3: now. Yeah, you know what's One of the suckiest things about Dracula is um,
4: not another red. Marshall,
3: well, no, Neil Marshall <laughs> was going to make uh, a whole movie about this boat boat trip, mm-hmm. and it. I like yoinked last minute, but his one of his, his I think his movie after uh, Centurion was going to be a, a movie about the the Demeter or whatever the uh-huh. boat ride, and it sounded really awesome. And it's Neil Marshall, so you know the blood and violence would have been like spectacular. But as it is in this, didn't happen. <laughs> I I, it I, not
0: I, I hear that uh, Mario Van Peebles is going to direct a version of Nick Cage called USS Demeter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really obscure Jaws joke that I'm going for. Alan.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> is is that what he's doing with his royalties money, money from the remake of Solo? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, once again, I, if the movie's lousy, I call dibs on Goodbye Solo as a review headline. <laughs> uh. I love Tom Waits in this.
0: Is Tom Waits ever bad in a movie? Like, Tom Waits always seems to be exactly where he needs to be in these in movies.
1: But he's especially
0: out. Oh yeah, this is this is top top ten waits for sure. Top five <laughs> waits for sure. <laughs> but it's like every time someone casts Tom Waits, it's like that movie just won a star. <laughs> like it's because it's. I mean, great. you
3: you write a role to be like it's for
1: Tom Waits. It's
0: mm-hmm. like it. domino. Like, yeah. Like uh, yeah. Uh, natural born killers.
1: Yeah. What else is he in? He only
0: pops up in uh, Seven Psychopaths. Seven
1: Psychopaths, yeah.
0: Oh. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, down by a lot of Jarmusch in general, actually. Like, ton- uh, like all j- pretty, like a lot of Jarmusch. Mystery Men.
4: Uh, oh uh. yeah. Huh. Twixt.
0: He's the narrator in Twixt. Actually. <laughs> there's a there's a couple of Gilliams too. I think Fisher King. He's in Fisher King. I think.
3: Starring uh, Robin Williams.
0: Starring Robin Williams. Star
3: star of Jack. Mm -hmm. Starring Bill Cosby. Mm
0: -hmm. Francis Ford Coppola's Jack. He's in a lot of Coppola, actually. Hold on, he's in Outsiders. I'm looking at his thing now. Rumblefish, Cotton Club.
2: Now, if I may state something very obvious to anyone that's seen this film, one of the things that makes this version stand out is it very much emphasized and exaggerated the erotic elements of the story yeah yeah this is a very um,
3: erotic movie
2: you know again if you've seen this that's a no shit sherlock comment but nonetheless it was almost as much an erotic drama or erotic melodrama let's be honest as it was a horror picture and of course you know there's there's all kinds of icky subtext to the vampire lore it's you know a rape metaphor or it's something that came about as you know women not wanting to admit that they had you know. And premarital sex or telling tales of scary men climbing and sucking their blood or whatever. I mean, there's
0: Wolfman Dracula. I've got to point that one out.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is a film that, you know, it's, it's, obviously it's very violent. Even back then when R-rated films were more common, this was a very violent and bloody picture. Yeah, it always... And obviously this was a very sexual picture. There's lots of nudity.
0: It, it didn't get the NC-17 because of the violence, but it got close,
2: I think, a lot. Yeah. Like,
0: it was... there's it's not necessarily a lot of cool editing in this right now. Yeah. I'm just watching the way the, the his face is kind of going on the wolf thing. Oh. Well, like, how much was, I mean, beyond like his presence, how much was Dracula really kind of sexualized before this movie? I mean, the, um, the, the nature of the character, obviously, but like, I as think, far as like uh, Bella but... Lugosi or Christopher Lee mm. or like think just,
3: I think just vampirism in general.
0: Yeah, like that kind of thing.
3: And yeah. I, I think Dracula's daughter, the the sequel to the the, uh, the Lugosi one, like actually brought more sexuality to the things than, than the Lugosi one did.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and, I will say, and his name escapes me, but the man that plays Dracula in the Monster Squad is one sexy motherfucker.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Jokes aside, that is a good Dracula performance. Oh like, yeah, that, it that is. is yeah. That, that's like a yeah, that's for for a movie like that especially where it's you know. It doesn't need to have a good a, as good a performance as it does in that movie. Like it really well, works well.
3: All the monsters are pretty
2: great in that. I yeah,
0: think.
3: I mean, Newton. you know,
2: Tom Newton's a wonderful Frankenstein monster. Yeah.
3: Um, and I think also with the, the hammer would bring the sexual stuff obviously. Yeah, more so to the you know, with.
0: Yeah, where you could you're more. There's more experiment experimentation going on with how far you could push the limits in those films. I mean,
3: they would have vampire films based on just being erotic, too, that weren't in the Dracula series. And then you had, like, someone like, uh, Jess Franco who come in and make some Dracula in the 70s. When when exploitation came to the forefront, it kind of went through more. And then, the, like, the Fright Night movies have a lot yeah, of... Yeah,
0: Fright Night, for sure. It's, it's neat, because, like, you go from the... And now he's back to regular Oldman. Um, <laughs> but, like, you go from, um... Nosferatu, or even Herzog's Nosferatu, where they're both just like they're otherworldly aliens and have nothing about them that's compelling sexually, Mm -hmm. um, uh, versus like how it shifted. Yeah, is this the
2: first time we've seen a hot Gary Oldman? Yeah. Um, Other than like a picture in the background here and there, I'm trying
0: to think of because he had. I mean, he had to get to this point. I mean, I.
3: I mean, this is this is this is how hot
0: topic starts right here. This is <laughs> pretty hot, much hot, this hot, look hot, right here—the top hat. This is but... The beginning. Yeah. Well, it's just because it's like it's a mix of gothic and steampunk in one movie, so it's like, okay, yeah, that's everything mm-hmm. right there. Um,
3: the, the Batum Dracula is actually pretty. I mean, it doesn't have like it, it suggests it with a lot of its moods and stuff with the sexual context. It kind of goes for it more in a full-on redo of the story. I always like this one. The... This one ups it, but.
0: I, I like the color palette of the film in general, but, like, when it gets to London, I really like what they do to kind of separate the things that matter. Yeah. Like, it's a neat use of state of sound stages and whatnot to create a, a distinct look, because now you're out of Dracula's element. You're out of his, like, you know, his fantastical palace, and now you're in a place where you have—basically, you're, basically you're injecting an alien into the world, and— yeah. They do that effectively, like it's really, it's well done, because he and looks like say, he, he fits in, but he doesn't at the same time, which is effect, yeah. which is neat. Uh,
3: jo- Jordan and I need to put a put an ad out, um, we're not paid by Sony or anything, but the, the 4K Ultra HD of this is spectacular. The sound is. <laughs> the, 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 the sound and the, the look, I mean, everything's...
2: I'd imagine. It's, it's, it's mesmerized.
1: It's, it's awesome.
2: Just an FYI, I will be right back. Okay.
1: After these messages...
2: I'm looking at other.
0: Yeah, there's. I mean, Olman's he's he's leading some things. He's supporting in others. Like, Sid and Nancy's is breakout, obviously, but that's like a yeah. while ago. And it's not. I mean, that's a punk look. Um, he's
3: your favorite character actor in the 90s, basically. He's villains. Well, in he's the 90s, like, in
0: the, yeah, but like at the beginning of the. Like, he's, you know, it's JFK in this, where he's like. Yeah. You know, where he's huge right. for different reasons. <laughs> right. Cause, yeah, well,
3: yeah, he'll go through that. <laughs> Romance, Romeo's bleeding,
0: Leon. Even like Rom- Romeo's, ble- or Romeo's bleeding, that gives him because uh, that's more that's like a neo noir that gives him kind of something to kind of work with that Dracula image. But everything else, pretty much, yeah, it's just him being you know evil or Beethoven. <laughs> like, that's it. That's, that's the, the yeah, evil or Beethoven. <laughs> oh,
3: I, yeah. really I Forgot about about Lost in Space. in The nineties.
0: It's definitely a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> It's time a... travel,
3: man. Cool oh, time. Jordan,
0: didn't you buy Lost in Space just because you could? Like, Blu-ray? I never did. Just
3: $3. <laughs> <laughs> Is it one of those snap cases,
1: right? No. No.
0: No, yeah, you got the Blu-ray when it came out.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. It's he's he's the,
0: one. He, he's the right. one. He's the one that got it.
1: <laughs> there it's go? on 4K.
3: I'll buy it as well. Is that LeBlanc's best movie? Yes. I think it's <laughs> Or is it the one where he plays baseball with a monkey?
0: Well, there's there's Charlie's Angels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have to think about this now. About <laughs> last best movie. You can talk about Winona Ryder's Green Hat if you want to. I'm going to look this up. <laughs>
1: this movie has uh, one of my uh, all-time favorite scores to it. I think uh, it's, uh, it's sublime. Santeria? <laughs> I
3: don't remember that playing in here.
0: Well, LeBlanc's film career is not long. <laughs> there are 8 movies. <laughs> that's it. So, yeah, Lost in Space and Charlie's Angels back to back, and that was it. That's was, that was pretty that's yeah.
3: I mean, these sets and things, it feels like you're either it's a it's a weird balance and it just works cuz you feel like you're either watching a period piece or watching a movie about making a movie on a, on a set for a period piece it's it's weird but it all works
0: it adds like, to the what, mystique of the film and like what it's yeah. going for because it's such an like scott said like it has such a um,
3: like this looks like it, a set it, but it, then it looks it, genuine it, it's it, weird
0: it, when it came out it was already dated like it just fits exactly into its place of time but it's th- it's throwing back to so much so it doesn't matter yeah um, a film i could think of like that is uh the fountain Darren Aronofsky's *The Fountain*, where he also kind of used the timeless right. look to, get, and obviously that movie's a lot simpler, kind of just based off a lot of the kind of the mid the, the present time scenes, but between the flashbacks and the flash forwards or whatever you want to refer to it, the past and future. Segments. You're talking
3: about the look, not the narrative. Yeah, the look. The yeah, yeah.
0: It just it has. <laughs>
3: For the listeners are like, "Oh, I'm, I was afraid of *The Fountain*, but Aaron said it's simple.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just that plot is so easy to go into." <laughs> It's the tree of life. He's bald. Yeah. That's an elaborate neck piece that she's wearing.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it just goes all around. It's like a dog's cone. She wants not oh, lick God. her wounds, I guess.
3: I guess, yeah, this movie's biggest asset may be just sitting around and looking at
0: it. That's,
3: that is a, it's a big
0: strength. Well, that and seeing these three idiots just oh, talking yeah, about yeah. these <laughs> <gonna say. laughs> guys. Hey, Carrie oh,
3: always is almost ready to be like a Red Baron flying a plane right here. Like, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: The three not-so-wise men.
0: Oh, he's auditioning for, <laughs> for Snidely Whiplash, and he lost that role to Alfred Molina, so, you know, sad for him.
3: Instead, he'll be the, the guy on the cover of a pizza box.
0: Look at Billy Campbell, not mattering. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Billy. I know, she's being so mean to Billy Campbell, but he's just kind of there
3: hey guys remember when i was in the rocketeer yeah yeah billy we did that
2: yeah, was pretty cool
0: richard e grant's on point though he's doing his thing but he's like he he knows he's the, the of the three leads he's well, like i'm never gonna be a leading he can man. do this
2: in his sleep yeah well i mean yeah that's not an insult i mean he's he's very good at this kind of scenery chewing you know stuff
0: um richard e grant i've seen like a lot this year because he's in logan he's in hitman's bodyguard he's in their finest like i keep seeing richard e. grant in places
2: I you need know, I need to watch their finest, I complete the Dunkirk trilogy. Exact yeah. In that shot, like Billy Campbell kinda
3: looked like Edward James almost. a little Uh-oh. bit. A little bit,
0: yeah. By the way, I call their finest Darefinest just to keep three D's going for Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, and Darefinest.
3: There you go. Oh,
0: oh, oh, oh. So this is supposed to be turn of the century, right? Like 1890s right. me. is that the that's the idea
3: the moving pictures yeah because they yeah. introduce it with the sort of old film stock yeah when they transcend uh, they transcend into it and all the people get scared of the train
0: Now we're just watching um Old, Old, i mean yeah <laughs> just watching the movie oldman um he did a lot of work to make to kind of become dracula but I, I know he um he 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 trained with like a with a i believe a musician or like a singer to figure out how to lower his voice an octave so he could speak you know, kind of in a softer a softer manner to make his dracula more seductive
4: Ooh.
1: It
0: worked. I can't imagine it's easy like, to lower your voice like that. <laughs> so.
3: Yeah, when you think of like Dracula's, like he really does stand out. I mean, all the other ones c- kind of go on in, like in the classical sense. Um oh, yeah, about, I'm not talking about like... everyone's favorite Gerard Butler, but uh, oh, 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 oh. like, Is that you actually know, actually worth watching for any kitsch
0: value. Wes Craig uh, presents Dracula 2000. If...
3: Yeah. And if, if you ever wanted to see singer Vitamin C without her clothes on, I guess you should watch it. But that's about Yeah, one of these days. It, I has, a hip, it has a hip it has a hip
0: new metal soundtrack. Oh yeah. Johnny
3: Lee Miller early
0: roll. It's weird that the huh. that the dimension was like their their t- their things were floating head posters uh where everyone's staring at the camera um, s- um the screen smol- smoldering yeah everyone's smoldering at the no. camera the and... scream
3: victory lap poster it wasn't the original screen poster it was the one where like oh we made money come see this now here's a new
0: poster with the cast on it yeah and alt rock slash new metal soundtracks that was their big thing for all these for all
2: their, their that run from like 96 to 2003 by the way is it possible for a vampire to drink your blood without first baring their fangs and howling and directly at the camera first
0: they're just well, they're, 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 they're very the, they're, they're very theatrical the they're theatrical that's the whole thing about Dracula and vampires in general they they love the attention they love what they do they're like I love being a vampire
3: like, I'm a vampire like I'm with, a vampire with, with the exception
0: <laughs> with the exception of maybe like Homer and Near Dark like everyone loves being a vampire
2: <laughs> no you're right Brandon this 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 version of Dracula all two or three or four of them are v- very different than the standard, you know, Bella Lugosi, Christopher Lee, etc., etc. I remember seeing the first fo- images from this and just being, sh- you know, I'm 12. So, you know, whatever. I'm shocked at how, you know, this this doesn't look like Dracula. I mean, was it wasn't a criticism. It was just, okay. If the internet was
3: popular back, back then, it would not my, my Dracula. It, yeah, it would have been torn to shreds before it even came out just by looking yep. at him.
0: But well, then Dracula Untold comes along and it does a great job of posters. Like, those posters are kick-ass. It's just the movie's terrible. But it certainly, <laughs> it tries to go for this. Like, it does this mixed with, you know, action movie. And it's, it's terrible. Uh, um,
2: well, I but, think that movie, which is, is terrible, it, oh you know, it almost wants to work as a live-action version of Gargoyles, specifically the uh, four-part City of Stone episode.
0: As we, the ones we all know, yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, you know,
3: it was funny. I was at the uh, store and we were walking by. Uh, the, the, Dracula Untold was on like an end cap, and my son said, Dad, why is Gaston dressed up like Dracula?
0: <laughs> and then you had to have that, that father son talk that all That's fathers it, and yep. sons have of why Luke Evans gets random roles in
4: movies. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I, I will say that, you know, having that copy, the whole movies aren't real thing. It was actually pretty easy with my first kid because I would just say, hey, Darth Vader, Mufasa, same guy.
0: Yeah. You mean they're part of a shared universe?
2: Indeed. Uh.
0: Here we go. Here's the hero. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. He was merely, merely teased in the prologue, but now Anthony Hopkins is here to stay.
1: He really does turn... pretty boring role on page into something
2: memorable ah i think peter cushion did a pretty good job with doing that as well Well, i mean i would argue it's a pretty hammy role in general i mean it's 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 if you want to go that route
3: i mean i like the universal van helsing too he was pretty fun
0: i think there's a i i I get what you're saying jordan i think the it's it comes down to what the actor puts into it because if the if the actor's not doing the job then van helsing's just going to be this kind of like yeah, here's this guy that comes in to ruin the fun, but because you have Ooh. someone like Peter Cushing or, or Hugh Jackman, of course, or Anthony Hopkins, <laughs> <laughs> it, it works out pretty well.
2: Uh, obviously, Hugh Jackman is an exception, but I think to a certain extent, Van Helsing, you have to have a flamboyant actor because he's basically there to offer, you know, quote unquote, scientific exposition.
3: It's usually an important, a big role to cast. Like, it's always somebody
0: well, yeah you got, the, you got the three you get or you got I mean I guess it's...
3: it was Olivier and bat and John Baddams. like he's always pretty notable well, in
0: any in any Dracula film you need to have a Dracula a Renfield a van Helsing and a Nina right you need those four roles to be yeah. like, down Pat mm-hmm. those are those are the ships from uh, that Columbus used when he was going the other place the the Dracula the Nina the Van Helsing <laughs> the Renfield mm-hmm
3: what sucks up in the Batom one is like, uh, you know, Olivier, of course, Van Helsing, but they have Donald Pleasance in the movie. I'm like, I would have loved the Donald Pleasance, Van Helsing. Although he
0: kind of has played that through his career. Here's but, the Sam Raimi scene. So. Yeah. That's such an evil dead shot right there. <laughs> like, there's a lot but, of that, too, in this part, right? where he's like a bat, like the bat vision stuff. I always love Van
3: Helsing always has that cool hat
0: in a hat, lot of the, the hat and like uh, the scarf that feels like a cape.
3: Yeah, the kind of a duster jacket. It's like, oh,
0: this has to be like Evil Dead influence. Like those camera shots. <laughs> like I can't, I can't see Coppola not looking at that as a reference point, or even what like the Cohens are doing at that point.
3: Outside the window, that's uh, it's totally Salem's Lot, right?
0: Uh huh.
3: Old man at the window. It's like yeah,
0: Salem's Lot. Gets get some Hooper in there. Yeah. I always wonder what Coppola likes, like what he's watching these days. Emoji movie. He, yeah, well, he's like around a lot. He's a guy that kind of I think really? like he because he, he's at like USC like all the time. I always hear about that. Like, he just kind of walks around because he like teaches class and whatnot when he's not at his winery. And it's like I wonder like does he just see everything and like I'd be very curious what he thinks of things. <sighs> yeah. Like yeah. when like people like when Nolan talks about how he loves MacGruber, like I'd love to know yeah. what comedies oh, oh. Coppola is watching.
3: Cop- Coppola, he's a. Uh... He likes Blue Bloods. That's his show. <laughs> he's he's, he's, he's
0: yeah. He, he he grew up he grew up watching Selick, so it's like, like
2: <laughs> he loves Entourage. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: he wanted to be in it. They cast Liam Neeson instead.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like I can do this.
2: Come
4: on. There <laughs> we go. With, and of huh?
2: course, if you also want to, you know play into the subtext of this, one of the ickier parts of the vampire lore and a lot of, you know, horror, sci-fi in general, the idea that a woman who is liberated and, and sexually free, blah, 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 is, you know, possessed or by an evil alien entity or a supernatural entity otherwise been turned evil. You know, everything, you know, that's that's one of the... You know, even the Dark Phoenix saga—that's sort of the implication of it. And something like um, this, you're you're dealing
3: with a period where that probably would have been the case too. Oh, but absolutely,
2: absolutely. But I, um, yeah, it, um, I mean, again, I'm not arguing this film is is arguing that philosophy. I mean, it any more than Halloween meant to end the sexual revolution, as John Carpenter's apologized for on numerous occasions.
0: Well it's like like you said the story itself is it's it's yeah. written it's written in that way to begin with let alone there's you know 70 years of vampire films to go on it's, yes. and then in is doing a giant throwback um, yeah. ma- made with you know modern aesthetic so it, yeah it just it kind of naturally fits in to be that way <laughs> I forgot this is a good mustache movie. I like to keep track of these things. Mm-hmm.
2: They didn't shave any mustaches from CGI post in this one.
4: Uh-huh.
0: I think that's the same mustache Carrie Elwes sports in uh, Jungle Book.
4: That
2: movie rocks.
0: Jason Scott Lee's Jungle Book. Steven yes. Summers going Jungle yeah. Book. It's a good one. I haven't seen it in a long time. But it's good.
2: Either way, I. am assuming it still holds up.
0: Ugh. It's right, because it's, My- it's, all, it's all... It's largely practical, isn't it? Like, it's all like... Yeah. I mean, it has to be. Like there's not, there's not much else to do. It's the roar of jungle book movies. <laughs> so here's the gang hanging out now. What are the serious Hopkins rules that like you don't think of, like take the a good look, father? I guess like Elephant
1: Man falls mother. in there. Elef- yeah,
0: but, um, like, uh, Howard's Art. End, Nixon. Oh yeah, so Howard's it. So the, those movies, so, the uh, yeah.
3: Amistad, yeah.
0: Leaving, like Amistad, like it's not campy, obviously, but like that's kind of the like Hopkins having that glint, like he knows what he's doing. Like you know, like him in that movie, it's serious, but it's like that's him like having fun. I feel collide compared to something like Nixon, like Nick. Like...
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Magic.
2: I forgot he
4: was I'm in kidding. Noah.
0: Yeah, he's in Noah. Yeah, and that's like, that's another one where he's just like I'm having fun. Like I get to be the wise old man. Same with Alexander.
2: He in and There's Hitchcock, which maybe he was worst movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> God, I hate that film so much. He's having fun in that. <laughs> uh, Beowulf
0: is awesome. Beowulf is awesome. I don't know why we haven't been in that commentary yet, but we will. It'll happen. It came out in November, right? It was a November movie, yeah. wasn't
2: it? Yeah. yeah. Ripper, slasher. Uh, November 2007.
0: That's the best Gerard Butler that Gerard Butler movie is not in. <laughs> They uh, do
1: You uh, get for larger than life roles.
0: Yeah, because he 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 gives it gravity. I mean, he's Odin. Like he, that's the that's the epitome right there. He gets to play oh. Odin and like yeah. make that yeah. feel serious yet still be fun. Although he's a riot in Ragnarok, just having a blast pretending to be being Loki. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. His John Wayne impression in Westworld's not that great, but you know, besides that, it's <laughs> <laughs>
2: um Yeah, he's made a lot of interesting pictures. <laughs> Good and bad. Um
0: Well, he's got, like he is the kind of career that I think like Fast Bender is going to grow up having too, where they they just can't give bad performances. <laughs> they'll yeah, they'll be in stuff like nonstop. They'll be all over the place. It'll be wa- a variety of roles, but they're like regardless of how low they may go, somehow they're never going to be legit bad in those movies. Oh. What's that Chris Rock one? Bad Company. Bad company, Sick, like, Yeah, that's a terrible yeah. movie. Joel
2: Schumacher's
0: Bad Company. <laughs> yeah, Joel Schumacher's bad. it's a terrible movie. Somehow he's good at it. <laughs>
2: Oh, Wolfman. Yeah?
0: Yeah. Oh, God, Wolfman.
2: He's... This is basically a remake of Ang Lee's Um, And, of course, The Mask of Zorro, which is his best film.
0: Oh, he's fantastic The Mask of Zorro. Oh, yeah. He's great. <laughs> he's, he's great as Charlton Heston.
2: Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh. It's funny, when this came out, I would argue, among the super-duper leads, Gary Oldman was the least well-known of the group. So yeah, it really he... was a case of casting a respected, but not necessarily a superstar, in the lead role, and then surrounding him by big talent. Surrounding him with big names.
3: <laughs> you remembered Keanu for a second. You're like, well, big, big
2: names. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's you a few... have Keanu Reeves, you have Rider, you have again Hopkins coming off of the Lambs*.
0: Yep. Um, Let me look this up. There's a number of people they wanted for for *Dracula*, but, but Coppola insisted on Oldman, which you can. Bill understand. Murray, right? <laughs> Bill Murray, obviously. Bill Murray and Robin Williams they used in a bidding war to, to get to get Oldman. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh,
3: Michael Pare, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well,
2: I, from what I gather, according to this IMDb thing, it was down to Mel
0: Gibson. No, I found yeah. it. I found okay. it. Andy Gar- Andy Garcia. Um, that was Ooh, which, which makes think... sense coming off of yeah. um, of, hmm. God- of Godfather Three. But Andy Garcia, he's a family man. Like, and he did not want to do this movie because of the sex scenes. Like that was that was a big part of it. Like he's. Oh. He, yeah. he, he's
3: he only he only does family sex scenes right that's,
0: that's the, uh, well in general no like no it's like i know about garcia though like he he, he very much he's a he's a devoted family man he has his kids like he he has this story about paparazzi where they were taking pictures of the kids and he walked over to them to the, one of the guys threatened them and said hey don't do this <laughs> and they don't bug him anymore like that's a thing <laughs> he,
3: uh... and you never you
0: you don't ever. hear about him. You don't hear about Andy Garcia in the news. Like, that's not a thing.
3: <laughs> Until not ever compare him to the mayor from Jaws.
0: Exa- yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Andy Garcia, uh, Gabriel Byrne. Uh, I could see that. Oh. Box
3: office oh, smash, yeah. Gabriel yeah. Byrne. Armand
0: DeSante. Like, those those guys are all like, they run together. Like, especially if now.
3: Gabriel Byrne would have been in this, it would have been like... Uh, his decade would have been like one streamlined role. It feels like. Yes,
0: yeah, really. Um, Antonio Banderas, which makes tons of sense, and how he hasn't played yeah. a vamp, how he—I mean, I guess he has interviewed the vampire, but how he hasn't played Dracula in a movie is surprising. Where is P- Pedro Almodovar's Dracula? Because Antonio Banderas was, would knock that role out right away. Um, Viggo Mortensen—that was the other one.
2: Leslie Jordan.
0: Leslie Jordan. <laughs>
2: One thing I will point out about this film is that, you know, again, perhaps speaking the obvious, the reds in this film are incredibly pronounced. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when this came out, it was considered sort of a, 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 a reference title for Laserdisc.
0: Well, yeah, that's why and, That's why I imagine Sony loves putting this movie out over and over again. Yeah,
2: And this was, I think, the first Blu-ray that I ever bought that didn't, you know, come with the player or whatever. Um... Yeah, because I, I finally buckled up and bought a PS3 right around when this was coming out. Um,
0: I got another yeah. list. This is IMDb. This feels like this might be somewhat fabricated, but Daniel Day-Lewis, that makes sense just by default because he can do anything. Uh-huh. Alec Baldwin.
4: Who had How would time? you like to be
3: on the set with him being Dracula?
2: <laughs> he would have killed six people. <laughs> I'm getting into character. Daniel, stop eating pe- Stop it.
3: People would now be coming out about his uh, <laughs> sexual assaults on Dracula.
0: <laughs> Nick Cage. What? No. Oh. Well,
3: it's Coppola's, Yeah.
0: This feels like yeah. a list of people that could have been um, uh, Harker for some of these. Movies. Yeah. It's yeah together. Just yeah. like people that could have been in this movie in general. Yeah,
3: how it's... is Nick Cage not Harker? Man.
0: Well, Nick Cage, besides, besides Peggy Sue, like he kind of... He purposely got away from Coppola because he didn't want to be accused of right. nepotism. Yeah, like that's why he changed his name and everything too. Like he wanted to get mm-hmm. by on his own, and obviously it worked.
2: <laughs> he could buy his own castles, thank you.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the one. I'm curious why Nick Cage didn't star in The Accountant <sighs> or Margin Call or any movie about fiscal responsibility. There
3: you go. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage and Wesley Snipes in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what Oscars did this win? One um Um uh, make, makeup um,
0: make makeup um not art direction. I it lost that somehow. Yeah. Um, let me see. What? Costume design and um, oh, sound and sound editing. It wasn't nominated for cinematography.
2: Oh wow! That one for best art direction that year.
0: What's ninety um, what, two? What was up that? I'm looking. Hold on. Let me see. Doo, 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 doo. Oh, that's gonna take me a second. Way too long, actually.
3: I mean, two. Also, like, back then, like the Academy was, like, they were watching these on like VHS. <laughs> yeah. The voters, so.
0: okay here we go Howard's End the other Anthony Hopkins movie (laughs) ah, ah. Uh, cinematography the nominees were A River Runs Through It The Lover Hoffa Howard's End and Unforgiven River Runs Through It wait who won that one Um,
3: it's still crazy that this didn't win but we're still talking about this one more yeah
0: Thing. Howard's End just got that four K restoration. People are talking about Howard's End again. <laughs> like it's it's not eminently watchable as Dracula. <laughs> like,
3: oh, no, I, I thought you said river went through it. Oh, well,
0: river it went through. It. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah no. Oh yeah. Well, well, that was cinematography. But Dracula wasn't even nominated for cinematography.
3: So. Yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah. But cool. it's more important to have your legacy than to be nominated or win the award right away. <laughs> Blade Runner twenty forty nine.
0: it beat Aladdin and Under Siege for sound editing or sound sound effects editing. So let's have that going for mm-hmm. it. This seems like a Golden Globe movie though.
4: It, it yeah, nob- it didn't get any. It didn't
0: get any noms though. Like nowadays, this would be all huge the at the Golden Globes. All the
4: stars
3: are in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. get them all to our party and give them awards.
0: It would be though, stars. like a November release of Dracula from Francis Ford Coppola. That feels like nowadays, that'd be like rife for Golden Globes.
3: With the it girl and the Winona Ryder, let's give her one of the Golden Globes.
0: Well, Oldman, um, of course, too. And, o-
3: Oldman's and hot. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony yeah, Hopkins in
0: supporting Coppola for director. Like that feels just right up its oh, alley. Yeah. But no, they, nothing. Just Academy and Saturn Awards.
3: Well, that was before Golden Globes really started pumping out. Making
0: it very clear that the, they were not yeah. serious.
3: Yeah, that they were just like whatever the people might want or how can we get the, all the
0: all these stars in a room at once. Joran, you mentioned you love the soundtrack for this film. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: It is I, I have a story where um, the composer Wol...
0: Wol... Wol... Kilar,
1: yeah. Where he gave uh, Coppola, like, the 25 minutes of uh, the score, and he was like, this is great. Where's the rest? And he said, that's it.
4: That's all
1: you get. <laughs> and they had a, a... It's called a loop, Francis. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Make it work.
1: And uh stretch it out for the two-hour movie. But it's so memorable, and it's so iconic.
0: It is. Uh, I... I I like it towards the end. I like it because 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 yeah. the, the ending's so abrupt in this movie too. So I love the way it kind of just builds and builds and builds.
1: I'm surprised they haven't released it in some fancy vinyl, Mondo vinyl for three hundred dollars.
0: I'm surprised just, too. Like this is the 25th anniversary; it should be <laughs> some kind of
1: fancy. Well, maybe vinyl. they're
3: gonna have a surprise release soon or something because some yeah. of those
1: things they don't announce until they have it pressed. Perhaps yeah, it's inevitable. F- like in the next like year, they'll announce something with this. Well, it's also like a matter of you know, rights and whatnot
3: too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, usually studios are, well, it's Sony. Well, yeah, Sony, Sony does let their, they let their stuff out. You just can't make any, uh, supplemental material
0: for it. And it's, it's Columbia too. Columbia is more, mm-hmm. they're not averse to some, you know, special releases. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, that's why twilight time gets a lot of the Sony releases because their only bonus feature is usually, uh, isolated,
4: isolated
3: score. score. Yeah. So and Sony, Sony, uh, when they do the sub licensing you can't do any bonus material because basically they just don't want to have to sit and check everything and make sure it's okay.
1: Yeah.
0: So. Who do you think has Dracula's armor from the beginning? Like, who do you think has that? Think Coppola has it?
1: Oh,
0: Guillermo's. Um, Guillermo's has it <laughs> next to <laughs> his next to his foot from Saw. <laughs> uh,
3: and his Dread Pirate Roberts mask.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh,
3: oh, I'm sure he'd keep that. Oh no, he gave that to Orlando Bloom, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Orlando Bloom's another one where you kind of got him like a few starring things and then nothing. Like he just kind of pops up and things (laughs) now. Yeah, but he'll always have Kingdom of Heaven. That and he's also he actually is a pretty good character (laughs) actor. Oh yeah, yeah. He has fun. He has fun. Like watching Paul W.S. Anderson's Three Musketeers. He's great in that movie.
3: Yeah, and I, and I know I know it's probably like duh, but like he's really good in the Lord of the Rings movies too. He is. I mean, he's a side character, but he's like full he, embodiment of everything you'd imagine like a fantasy elf to be. I mean, yeah. they, they, I they didn't
0: like, reshoot scenes of him because people didn't like his character. Like they didn't add more um, Legolas because we didn't like him. <laughs>
3: right. And, and, you know, I mean, the minute I saw him in Lord of the Rings, it was like, how how are we not like making a, a Zelda movie with this guy right now?
0: Pirates, because <laughs> Gore Verbinski snatched him right up for Pirates. That's why. Right. <laughs> that's... Yeah. Also, he de- I mean, given the the bombs that he has had, he dodged a giant bullet by not playing Link because there's no version of Zelda that's going to turn out to be a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's no video game movie of zelda that exists that happens well
2: you gotta find the gritty dark version of excuse me princess <laughs> yeah
1: speaking of pirates didn't they use uh this score in the teaser trailer for the first pirates movie
2: huh i
0: wouldn't be surprised
1: When the, it just does the shot around the island
0: yeah orlando bloom could play dracula
1: i could see that yeah
0: now yeah yeah. Well, given that I, I when Three Musketeers was coming out, I was getting confused for Luke Evans. Yeah, it makes sense. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> he's still laughing. Like he, yeah. <laughs> It as he just went from a scene in a building to outdoors, where he's laughing the entire time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love this scene. Like,
0: he must have been like, like literally, he had to laugh from all the way from the top of the building down to the bottom steps on a horse.
3: This is where we go where uh, the kingsmen and the statesmen go out for a hunt.
0: Pretty much, yeah. That was one of the rare Billy Campbell scenes.
1: <laughs> i'm surprised there aren't yearly uh showings of this film like around halloween kind of like how they have nightmare before christmas and
0: it's weird, probably but...
1: expensive i i don't yeah yeah
0: that has to be because it's because i know this movie has a giant like fan base like people love this there's a lot of people that love this movie like and <laughs> i'm surprised it's not more of like a kind of a staple as far as like yep. theatrical showings of it
3: yeah It's not, like, super long, either.
4: It's just a... No,
0: yeah, it's two hours. Two two hours hours and change. And it's also, like, as opposed to something like Halloween, where people inappropriately laugh, this movie warrants laughter and audience participation.
4: Yeah.
0: Like, it's not one where you need to, like, be carefully focused to preserve the suspense. Like, this movie's fun. Like, it's a fun movie to watch. Mm -hmm. That's why we're trying to fill gaps right now, because we're just watching this movie.
1: (laughs) There's a theater... Uh, that's doing uh, Coppola films on every Friday throughout November. I was so disappointed that they didn't uh, show this one.
4: Hmm.
1: Because they do like Godfather 1, Godfather 2, and like Apocalypse Now.
3: Of course, yeah.
1: It's like, well, yeah, I guess, yeah. The
3: the expected.
1: Yeah. The real people do one from
3: the heart.
0: (laughs) Here's a question. What's your favorite Coppola film? Me? All of you.
3: First Godfather. Godfather.
0: First Godfather. First Godfather, that's what
1: you said? Yeah.
0: Jordan, are you with this movie?
1: You know, I, I recognize that the other films are... Exist, best, yeah. But, like, I for <laughs> this. Like, this is my favorite.
0: I said favorite. I mean, you know. Yeah. I love the conversation, honestly. Like, it's... The, <laughs> the, the conversation to me is my favorite Coppola film. I think it's absolutely fantastic. But again, it's you know it's splitting hairs when you're like looking at these other movies. Those I, four,
3: I mean, Godfather, Godfather Two, Conversation, Apocalypse Now, just like yeah, two. I'm not gonna argue with anybody who picks one of those.
0: Godfather Two has a number of things, but it has one of my favorite kind of like contained sequences in any movie, and one of my favorite, yeah, you know, yeah I
3: know you know, exactly whole, where
0: you're going the De Niro stuff, um, the mm-hmm. whole assassination scene, and my one of my favorite ending shots of any movie. Um, of just mm-hmm. of Al Pacino sitting in the on the bench like the, those those two things are it that's everything I want. In movies is right there. Um,
3: I, one thing that I always pick the first one over. That's a big factor for me is like James Caan. I, I really like his energy in the first one, mm-hmm. and I, I like that you that's, know like kind of like the hot headedness. Yeah, the, the hot headed son that just doesn't work out. Um, and just I, I just uh, it's also got. Um, uh, 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 who played the, the, uh, Dr. Love? The Killing, um.
0: Oh, oh, George, not George, um, um, st- 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 Sterling Hayden. Sterling Hayden, yeah. thank you. I like,
3: oh, yeah. I like, I like the factor of him. I, yeah, just got a lot going for it that I, I, I just tend to lean more towards that one. Mo Green.
0: Yeah, Godfather is like pretty perfect. Like I, it's hard to no. hard to argue against Dude,
3: that. And, yeah, no, it's a perfect film, yeah. up and down.
0: <laughs> and two, I think is also pretty. Like it, yeah, they kind of run yeah. together as far as me trying to separate them. No, well, it as really which is. I like part more. two, most yeah. things
3: are just the second one. This is it's really the second part to this story. Like,
0: here's a fun scene of blood just flying everywhere. Um, this whole portion where Harker and uh, Nita they're getting married. Uh, they shot this in L.A. with an actual Greek Orthodox uh, priest, and Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves were actually married <laughs> after this scene. <laughs> <laughs> they, had to, they had to take care of that because <laughs> it, it was too authentic. Or
2: did that. it- <laughs>
0: That's why Johnny Depp had that tattoo removed. <laughs>
3: What we, what we talk about one time, Aaron? Like, just speaking of the conversation, like the the best all time uh, Robert Duvall silent cameo roles. Oh
0: yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, we talked about because he had like a lot of those in the seventies. Like he just kept popping yeah. up and stuff. He
3: had the the body snatchers
0: and yeah, yeah, yeah. Body snatch. Yeah, that's why we're talking about because the body snatchers, <laughs> invasion of the body snatchers, silent priest on swing. Duvall is a huge factor, also for me, for Godfathers. Um,
4: oh yeah, yeah.
0: I, I Tom Corley, or not Tom, Tom Hayden um, is my favorite character in the Godfather universe, which is part of also why three is sad to me because it's like not only do we not have Robert Duvall, but we get we replaced it with George Hamilton. It's like why? Like, <laughs> why did this I mean, happen?
3: I mean, Hamilton does it for me, man. I just uh, I don't know. He's,
0: <laughs> That's why he's you get you were, he was orange tanning it before Trump did. That's why you love the orange tan so much, and you're so sad God. now.
3: Yeah. I mean George Hamilton's even gone pale because of because
0: of that. That would probably get, that's why Godfather gets probably the edge for me because of Robert Duvall's. He has more of a presence in the first one than he does in the second one.
3: That's just kind of something when you watch Godfather three because like Hamilton's in one of the first scenes and it's it's not the fact that Duvall's there but it's like George Hamilton's there and you're like, <laughs> it just feels off right away.
0: It's yeah. It's one. It's one thing to like. like well, I got to put Sophia Coppola at the last second. But it's like George Hamilton. That was the top of the choices. Like that's the way i like, go. What's
3: <laughs> Like I don't. It, it's like because you watch, you know who George Hamilton is, and you know that you don't see George Hamilton in movies very often. So it's, it... <laughs> was he a Hollywood Square? Like I, I want
0: <laughs> to. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that Harker has the gray hair now because of his experiences. Like it. Right. Yeah. It morphed him. It gets kind of creepy around this point too, because now Dracula is more of an antagonist. Like before, he's more in a love triangle, and now he's just like straight up, like I need to get, I need to get my girl. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we the third yeah. act of the film.
0: Yeah, I mean it makes sense, but I mean yeah. it just it it's like the stakes suddenly increase now. It's like we're, we're... unintended.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, <pun> into, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, the the pun was there, all right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yes, there will be blood.
0: So Scott, no. I know you, I know you've been saying um, DiCaprio for if this dark universe were to keep continuing, <laughs> they should just, just like the, they should the
4: I dump, dump trucks of money.
0: But, but I think that that's a reasonable thing to expect, actually, given the kind of yeah. what they're what they what they'd be going for as far as star plus monster equals movie. Like yeah, DiCaprio. Yeah.
2: The low low price of $70 billion.
0: So, like, who else? Like, what other, like, what's, like, a major star that would fit in? Well, I don't know about
2: major star, but I think Oscar Isaac would be a great choice. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Banderas. Um, and if I have time, I might write about this tomorrow. Just, you know, discuss the guard Universe, you know. didn't even occur to me, but if they had gotten to Phantom, we might have finally gotten my friggin' Antonio Banderas fan of the opera movie. Mm. Which I've wanted since it didn't happen in 2004. You guys don't think Jack Courtney? <laughs>
0: Shut up. <laughs>
2: Shut your mouth. <laughs>
0: keep me the, the darker, of course.
2: in <laughs> hudland is Frankenstein. <laughs> I, oh,
3: man. That, yeah. You know, the one thing I... There's the, the ultimate right answer in their, their article reporting about other options they may be exploring where they're like, talking to Baumhaus about doing individual films. I'm like, stop right <laughs> there, you idiots. <laughs> Low-budgeted like Universal Monster movies, focusing on horror from Blumhouse. Sign me up, or Blumhouse. Like yeah, like I why, dig it. Why I... is that? Why is that not what's being reported? And just being like, well, we're tossing around this idea. I could see a, I
0: could see a fun found footage movie coming out of the Creature from the
2: Black Lagoon. There you go.
0: <laughs> I could though. You know, you know, you don't see it for very much.
4: When it's
2: kind what of... if we said it in the 1960s? In a, sci- in a top secret government lab and <laughs> it's about a woman that cleans the lab and she falls in love with the creature from the black that might work
0: well, you gotta get to Del Toro <laughs> to direct that one
2: yeah that's right up his alley I, I don't know a King Kong metaphor in there
0: well, that's a big dress a lot of train on that one
2: um but no, I mean, I, I it's it, it. You're right. You know, reading that article is, you know, it's frustrating because it's like, why aren't they just saying, okay, this is what we should do? They shouldn't have to go to Bloom House to say do this. They should say, okay, let's make a movie. Yeah, let's and not. If it's ma- good, we'll make another one. Well, let's let's weird, quit, it's weird. It's weird trying to
3: make blockbusters out of these and just make a good horror movie. Yeah.
2: It's and weird. Universal generally knows that. I just think this is, you know, and I, I've discussed this before. It's like. I think where they went wrong with the mummy is doing what everybody else is trying to do, and that's not what Universal does at its best.
0: What's What's weird is that there's so many people involved in these that are ones that grew up with these movies and know what makes them tick, and somehow they're making the wrong decisions anyway. Yeah. Same same reason, same stuff with like Paramount and Friday the Thirteenth. It's like you you know how this is supposed to be. Like why can't you just make it cheap and easy? Why Why is there so much cost going into these things and so much effort being put in? It, it, oh. it's it's odd, uh, and yeah, somehow the lessons of Blum, Blumhouse are not being taken by major studios.
2: Um, yeah, and-, and I, you know, to be fair, it was just one movie. For all we know, Bright of Frankenstein* would have been fine. Um, because you know, when, when before *The Mummy* came out, you know, they were always stressing the idea that these films would vary in terms of budget and scale and tone and all that shenanigans. So it was quite possible we would have gotten a Bride of Frankenstein that was, you know, closer to, you know, the reanimator
4: than... <laughs> hold on,
2: hold
0: on. You know, the because they're locked destroying, locked they're locked they're kind of destroying of... this girl right now. And <laughs> then we eat. Like...
3: And then we eat.
0: And, and, and uh, Hopkins' delivery of, uh, you know, she was evil, I stabbed her, you know, we, we gave her peace. Like, that's my favorite line reading in this movie. <laughs>
3: um, you know, it's funny, Also, another problem was they were... The, White privileged director thing. Kurtzman was not ready to, to direct a film of that magnitude. He had never directed, and he was put in charge of that. And then he gets to direct this actor, and you can tell in that mummy film like he directed. That was his it.
0: first big movie. He directed.
3: Yeah, yeah. Guess, yeah. Okay. Well, he he wasn't ready to make that leap. Yeah. At all, he didn't have enough experience. And I'm not I'm not a hater of him. It's like I know there's a lot of disdain between him and R- Robert Orkey, but he's you could tell in that film that it wasn't ready like a better director could have probably made something entertaining out of that even if you know same thing but somewhat more entertaining which is
0: watch which is why the whole tom cruise stuff like it came like it came out like the the way it was being talked where he was running the show and ruining the movie or making all his choices like that seems highly unlikely that the one of the biggest movie stars in the world, who's a producer that's had his hand in tons of movies that have constantly been not only successes but critical successes, like suddenly he's the issue with your movie. Maybe it's the amateur director and the fact that the screenplay mm-hmm. had like six different people writing on it that maybe maybe had a problem there. No,
2: that, that's basically how I approached it. Like you know, that came out I was like, look, I'm willing to bet that this was Cruise trying to salvage something that's broken. Yeah.
3: I will miss Fatsuit Russell Crowe. I will miss that. (laughs) Uh, Uh, that, Yeah, I just, it's, I wanted that, I wanted it to be good. I wanted that to do well, but man.
2: And I'll be honest, on paper, the only reason I had any confidence in it is because Tom Cruise. Right. You know, absent that, I would have figured out, yeah, this is a terrible idea. What didn't I mean, help? What like, didn't help the dark? Trust.
0: What didn't help the dark universe was basically like some. They saw the movie. They're like, "Well, this is terrible." So let's make sure we do a big press push on just the fact that yeah. this is the beginning. And like, if that didn't happen, I think things would be a little different. Like, if they didn't put so much emphasis on like, not only is this a movie, this is the beginning of something. Because like, and Bert-
3: not not only yeah, it, not, this movie this is gonna be remembered for that dumb photo, that group photo that of <laughs> something that never <laughs> happened. <laughs>
2: Um, well, and that, that the funny thing is what we saw a lot of this summer where you had the situations like The Mummy and The Dark Tower or even The Transformers of Last Night where they emphasized the connectivity of everything and that seemed to turn people away. While conversely, you know, you had a bunch of really standalone comic book films like Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, Guardians, even Thor. Obviously, that wasn't this summer. It was last week. Where they were pretty standalone pictures that happened to take place in a somewhat broader universe, and those are the ones that people flock to. And I honestly think what we're seeing is they're finally realizing that no no no. People don't want connected universes. They want brands that they like. Or, and if those stories happen to be connected, great, whatever. Which is more, also, more power to you.
0: Which is what's also helped Kong Skull Island and and Annabelle Creation. Yes, the the two the two universes I actually am looking forward to further entries in.
2: Um, and you know when everybody freaked out about oh you know DC is making them more like Marvel because they're not going to be as connected like or you know whatever they, no that that Marvel those are standalone films that occasionally intermingle, you know you could watch Thor without having seen Captain America.
4: Yep.
2: Um,
0: Hold on, we got to watch Tom Waits like eat through these bars because of all the scenery that's in front of him.
2: And you can watch Bram Stoker's Dracula without having seen Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah.
0: Tom Waits is all in right now. Like he he's got the
2: costume. That hair is. If you're big. playing Renfeld, you better be all in. Mm-hmm.
3: And you know what? You can watch Cruise Mummy without having seen Oh, never mind. <laughs> without having seen Dracula
2: Untold. Yes. Tom Waits
1: still has his costume.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he performs in it.
2: <laughs> he's just from
1: home. He's like, Don't worry, guys, I got I got it.
0: You know, <laughs> they were uh if
3: they try to make another like uh monster universe, they're like one false start away from being like Terminator or Terminator Three. With yeah, other, again? Other, yeah.
0: Well, if you make yeah. a Dracula, oh, you make oh, a yes. mummy, <laughs> and then if Bride of Frankenstein or whatever's next doesn't it's happen, like, like, yeah, it's like
3: it's, okay, well, we're gonna ignore the mummy and Bride of Frankenstein's the start of a new trilogy. Be like,
0: you're you're Terminator
3: now. Congrats. Which I mean with though with these, like go back to the books, just make a straight adaptation. It's been a while. It's been a while. You know? Or do creature from the black lagoon. No one ever touches him. We're not like that's a creature that's not no one's sick of.
0: Just you wait. Shape you of water see. coming soon.
3: Yeah. Shape, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's gonna Good kick one. it
0: off, Brandon. It's gonna kick it Here off.
3: There you go. I forgot about that, yeah.
0: Hey, you know, in, in in a in a fun world, Del Toro wins Best Director next year, and we see a big a big launch of, of creature movies. Oh. Do vampires tend to do the best, like of monsters, like the variations on the? It's probably the most. It's probably why as well.
2: Well, I I about zombies. I don't know because I mean, to what extent is? I mean, yeah, obviously the Twilight films are zombie or vampire oh. pictures. The vampire but vampire like people though of all the monsters
0: that helps yeah that's true and they're also there's a there's an there's you know that the the uh, there's an attraction there's they're
3: sexy
0: they're you know and i mean you can't i mean obviously yes twilight is a huge factor but you can't they don't those movies don't downplay the vampirism in them either like it's not like they just happen to have vampires they're movies about vampires they just change the rules up yeah Oh well, yeah, I guess so, right? Because like there's, you know, there's popular zombie movies, but they don't they're not box office powerhouses with the exception of a few.
2: Yeah, with the exception of a couple of the Resident Evil sequels. The Resident Evil well, World and, War and Z really didn't launch into
3: popularity till the 2000s, mid to late 2000s and they had been dormant yeah for yeah. a while and they never really were I mean there was a lot of Italian rip-offs, but they weren't huge. in America. You know, Romero did his thing, then you had the Return of the Living Dead,
0: but well, I guess let's see. Like I guess mummy movies were a thing for a while.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mummies always come around.
0: It's Mumbies. always you know give it a few years, there'll be something with the mummy. Well, it's because mummies you can the mummy like it makes for a good antagonist, and you can surround that with an adventure film essentially.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's you can make a Indiana Jones picture, which is what they did. Yeah, like yeah. 18 years ago.
0: Invisible like, Man's always tough. I mean, it's it's strangely tough because despite it being like a. D- devoted to the visual effect of the miserable man, it seems like that's that's a game opportunity for an actor to really overplay it and like have stuff going on around him. But then you get Hollow Man, so it's like a... right.
3: And then wow. uh, you, you get uh, like Phantom of the Opera. It always comes around, but that that's you know more so you get the theater people, like that that people with that background getting into film that want to adapt
0: that. Or, yeah, Lloyd Webber ruined it for everybody. That's what they
2: say. Who did?
0: Andrew Lloyd Webber.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's, that's... Werewolves... a property that's associated with the music.
0: Werewolves another one that should werewolf... be easier, but I guess that's probably yeah. somewhat more popular. Because...
3: I mean, werewolves hit their big play at the beginning of the 80s. There was like yeah. tons of werewolf movies, but they're always around. They've never, they never really die off.
2: Now, is they're... that because it was like a metaphor for AIDS, or just because they finally have a technology that you could show werewolf transformation scenes?
3: I think it's something like that. I mean, The Howling and American Werewolf in London were both big, and just the transform, yeah. Practical effects like had their peak in the eighties. I mean, that was everything was looking more real. They're doing the transformation. I think was just a challenge to a lot of the up and coming yeah. effects.
0: Well, because like like Fright Night and Howling are fine, but like Werewolf in London, it's like that's still like the best one. <laughs> like maybe, yeah. maybe well, short of what's it, Hemlock Grove, which is a terrible show, but had like a really graphic oh, werewolf <laughs> transformation in it.
3: Well, uh, there's a movie called The Beast Within. Like the only reason you'd watch that movie is because it's got a really awesome transformation Mm
0: -hmm. yeah but then there's like also huge flops in the werewolf category so it's like it did almost disqualifies (laughs) it huge flops with big stars no less
3: but yeah i mean you get a lot of cool underground ones like ginger snaps and like there's like the dog soldiers people like that one a lot um but i mean they've always just they've been a a constant uh, i think frankenstein's monster has been a one that comes around but it's tough
2: yeah you can't do much with I would argue you can't do much with Frankenstein other than Frankenstein.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Eckhart begs to differ, but.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> my case is rested. Well, I Frankenstein, <laughs> <know> you Stephen. <Scott laughs> or as they say, I think in Spain, Yo Frankenstein. <laughs> Yo.
0: That's my favorite NBC sitcom in, in Spain. Yo Frankenstein.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yo Frank.
0: <laughs> I'm just a big lovely monster that sells bagels. <laughs> with my black partner. <laughs> it's basically that same show with Judd Hirsch on CBS with both bagels instead of donuts.
3: But you know what's funny? They they've uh, the monsters have managed to be both like adult scary and for kids at the same like at the same time. Like they haven't like because they've become Halloween decorations and cartoons and characters like people still can take them seriously when need be. It's like it doesn't have to take some like Batman Begins-esque transformation to get people back on board with waking a monster.
0: Here's a fun fact. Underworld Awakening, Dark Shadows, Hotel Transylvania, and Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2 all came out the same year. So yeah. Wow. (laughs) Vampires certainly get around.
2: Yeah.
0: And, 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 sorry, Both and.
2: Twilight and, and, and Underworld are vampires and werewolves.
0: Yeah. And Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, also 2012.
3: And we also, uh, uh, on uh, TV, we had, like, what, um, Buffy and Angel on for a period of over, what, 10 years? Yeah. Or close to? Uh,
2: 98 to 2000. Yeah, so you had 70 years of Buffy and then.
3: Five of Angel, but. An, an extra of one of Angel. See, about eight yeah. years. Eight years, yeah. Uh, there was that that show uh, about the it was kind, it was basically Angel before Angel that was a syndicated show Forever Night. Oh yeah, was quite yeah. popular. Yeah. Um, that you yeah. had Dark Shadows, which is always a property that keeps coming back up to the surface. And they had the '90s iteration. You had uh, Tim Burton like did something.
0: Um, <laughs> But which also had, like, werewolves and all kinds of things going on in Dark yeah, Shadows. Yeah,
3: which Dark Shadows, my mother grew up in the heyday of that, and they would always run home from school to just, you know, couldn't miss Dark Shadows.
0: So basically, oh. Universal should have started out with the Avengers of monster movies. They should have made Abbott and Costello first, and then went backwards. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, which Didn't
3: we, did we cast an Abbott and Costello? Yeah, Seth the, Rogen uh, Dark... and James yes.
0: Franco. <laughs> James Franco, yeah. Or, or um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost.
2: Yes, the irony is, you could make the case, you know, obviously they're sort of doubling back. That's what Warner Brothers is doing with Justice League. That they're basically doing that not as a season finale, but as a season premiere. Yeah. Yeah. Or a series premiere. if You know, whatever you want to, you know, obviously there's a certain amount of starting over going on, but. Or they're saying, look at all these fun characters. Don't you want to see them in their own movies? And hopefully the answer is yes. Um,
3: they should have just remade the Monster Squad to start.
2: Yeah. um, Or, I don't know, because I mean, that film was not a hit back in 1987.
3: Seven. Or, you know uh, what, you, you just make a really good mummy movie or a Dracula movie <laughs> and people like that. Then you make just a really good Frankenstein movie, people like that. You make a really good uh, evil man movie. And then you think, hmm, maybe we could make something like a, a House of Frankenstein movie. Type movie after this, we'll figure that out down the road. But we'll just keep one by one remaking these, and then maybe we'll cross one into another.
0: There's a lot of blood sharing going on right now, which is, it's something that's for sure. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of old ben and Winona <laughs> uh, biting
2: and stuff. He wants her to be his immortal beloved. <laughs>
0: oh, and Dracula is bleeding. <laughs> It's a true romance. That's what it is.
2: Oh, man. I hey, got yeah, yeah, nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's...
3: Ugh. The, uh, the, you could say blood is the fifth element. Of the...
0: Well, Dracula is a professional.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh! Oh. Remember when Gary Oldman was the Mark Strong of his day? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually used to have a bit... Before Sean Bean made this popular... Sorry, during, your, a, during
0: your during stand-up career, you had a bit?
2: Yeah. No, no, it wasn't a stand-up Go break. on, I mean, I'm sorry. Go Gary on. Oldman died in almost every freaking movie
4: he was he in. He
3: did. It was funny because I remember, Scott, I, I knew you before the Sean Bean thing came to fruition, yeah. and, and they kept saying Sean Bean. I was like, but isn't that like, true for Gary Oldman? Like, well, yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, the ultimate is John Hurt. I mean, he died. He's died more than anybody. Like that's just fact. Yes. Like
4: John
2: died dead. in real life. He's got it up on them. Yeah. And Scott's
0: joke was they killed. They had the fake
3: death uh, of G- Jim Gordon in Dark Knight yes. to appease Gary Oldman. Mm.
2: Yes. Where he only signed on to Harry Potter three after they gave him the manuscript for Harry Potter five.
0: Yes. <laughs> Look at this, uh, Dracula. Like, I
2: can't do this role. I leave at the end of this story. Like uh, Gary, can you keep a secret? I mean, I, I mean, we'll kill you if you. But can you keep a secret? And he the book for the page 10, 1, 4, yeah 4,608. I'll is, do it. Boo. This um,
0: is This is Gargoyle Dracula now, right? Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: um, I like that wind se- machine.
2: This is the sexiest of the Draculas.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like there's wind machines where he well, goes.
2: The sexiest Dracula is Jonathan Myers as Christian Slater as Dracula.
0: <laughs> oh, jeez. Wait, which one's that? I'm trying to think. Which was the Jonathan? TV
3: show? The NBC?
0: Oh, I forgot there was a TV show. That's r- Oh, yeah, that's right. There was a TV show, the Dracula t- It was just called Dracula, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Jonathan, Was it Jonathan Rhys meyer Is
0: that? Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Rhys Myers, yeah. And if you I think,
2: do an American accent, it would be a total Christian Slater impression.
0: I think I watched I mean, the first two episodes of that. I to- no, there were only yeah.
2: like six or seven. Yeah, yeah. I remember it was like it, a it, mini thing, but, yeah.
3: History is referred to that as the Dracula. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, yeah, but this this podcast is discovered in the future. That's the one that everyone remembers.
2: mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, uh, What was my train of thought? Oh, Gary Oldman dies all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, The funny thing is I wrote a post about that in Mendelssohn's memos when the trailer for The Unborn dropped. And when you, I don't know if you've seen the Unborn or not. Especially say the Exorcist for Jews. Um, Who is uh, Goyer?
0: David S. Goyer is uh, one of his gems.
2: Yes. <laughs> everyone in that movie except Gary Oldman dies. And I'm convinced to this day that Goyer read my blog post and screwed around with me just to be an asshole.
0: <laughs> it's a it was a Twilight Zone episode for Gary Oldman. Yes. Yeah. Also, his eyes uh, fell out. Like that's was the other part of it.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
2: I think part of the issue with this film, at least in the third act, is that there's a number of false endings. I mean, you basically, he's got her, then they get her back, and then they have to chase Dracula again, and then he's there again, and then, you know, and that's actually faithful to the novel, but it's not, you know, you're losing some momentum here, right in the final stretch of the film. Um, but yeah, we've only got about fifteen minutes left. Yeah, it goes by fast.
1: Like, um, you, you think it's going to go on for a lot longer when they when they announce they're going to go to his castle, but it's pretty quick.
0: In Peter Jack's extended
2: edition, there's a lot more of the boat. That's, that's what it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They, they well, you
2: know, he, she gets captured, rescued like six times in the Peter Jackson version.
0: Yeah, they talk to the mouth of Dracula. It's really weird.
2: Yes. Huh. <laughs> That's actually that you know, I, I love King Kong. I will defend it unto death. But one of the reasons that film is as long as it is is that there were a number of major scenes that they basically do twice. You know, they get to the island, they get attacked, and then she, you know, they go back to the boat, and then she gets kidnapped and taken to Kong, for example. Um,
0: if I start talking about King Kong because I love it so much, it's going to be a long <laughs> conversation. <laughs> so, no, no, I, I, yeah. I am a fan. I, it's no secret. <laughs> King Kong is spectacular, <laughs> and, and yes. there is there is no wasted minute in that movie. I love every single part, Jimmy, and I love the extended edition just because it has more of the boat. It's as if Peter Jack is like, "Fuck you! Here's more boat. Here's more Jimmy scenes. <laughs> Here's more Jimmy scenes that ultimately go nowhere."
4: <laughs> uh.
2: That movie is so strange. I know I talk about this a lot. In all my years of following this stuff, King Kong is the only movie that actually got hurt by rave reviews. Because, you know, the embargo drops relatively early, I would say, in relation to its release date. Because it was And you was have a good. bunch of people that, frankly, were out of their minds thinking, oh, it's a three hour period piece that's kind of sort of a romance. Not really. It's going to be like Titanic. And when it was not like Titanic, it played like a three hour giant eight movie. Oh, it's a flop, it's a disappointment. What went wrong? Um,
0: yeah, I was happy not to see too many reevaluating King Kong articles in twenty fifteen.
2: That was it was fine. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I think I think we've come I think the world's come around. Well, it come full circle, because you know, when the film you know the initial reviews were all raves. Um, no, if
0: anything, I just think The Hobbit's taken over for things people just decided to hate is when it comes to Peter uh, Jackson.
4: Yeah.
0: When really, the only, thing you, the only thing you really need to hate is The Lovely Bones, because that movie
2: is terrible. Um, but it gave us Cerise Ronan, so I, I will... She already had her Oscar nomination yes. from Atonement. <laughs> I know, that's where I first noticed her, so I will forgive it that.
1: But yeah, it is terrible. Uh, Tucci performances, though...
0: They nominated the wrong Tooch he's better in um, what's it um, Transformers no the Mer- the Meryl Streep one Julie and Julia oh. <laughs> he is he's oh, better he's great in that movie well he's good in everything wait well, he's the Tooch yeah you got the people I've you been know. a fan
2: since Murder uh-huh. One yeah. where he inexplicably didn't win the Emmy that year um that's a fun match shot.
0: Got a train, got some animated smoke, or, or like a miniature inserted later, and a matte painting behind it.
2: We can only afford one horse. <laughs> we ran out of money, because good God, this film was expensive.
0: Is there an action scene coming right here?
2: Yes. Uh, right? Like the
0: carriage chase or whatever. Yeah. I think Hugh Jackman recreates this in Van Helsing, but with two carriages and one's on fire. <laughs> This some great sound stages by the way. They got these massive mm-hmm. trees and backgrounds with these the red oh, yeah. the red sky and everything. Let's see what else is out around this time. What's coming out in November '92? '92? Let's, mm. let's see here.
3: Malcolm there were, were two there were 20 films every weekend.
0: Aladdin was like Disney did like a. Yeah, but did not Disney do like a like a pre like a one week preview or something like that before? Yeah, was,
2: I think it was two weeks, if I recall. Uh-huh. I could be mistaken. Um. Yeah, that Pass- one, Pass- dep- passenger 57. Episode.
0: Passenger 57. There you Came go. Came out
3: the week before. I love Passenger 57.
0: Always bet on Black. Mm -hmm. Team Under Siege.
3: Go ahead, but (laughs) you you, you can still like Passenger 57 and Under Siege.
0: I mean, Under Siege 2 is better than both, so I don't know what you guys are talking about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is oddly true.
0: No. The week after Dracula's Home Alone 2. Oh, yeah. Talk boy.
3: (laughs) People were taking their talk boys to record the score to Dracula that next week they are doing, uh, the bodyguard,
0: All right? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, because of that slow roll for Aladdin, like it doesn't even like Home Alone. Home Alone Two made money. <laughs> like that Macaulay Culkin yeah. oh, was yeah. he was doing his thing. So that movie was like dominating like a lot of a lot well, of. Well, this weeks.
3: wasn't when like things killed each other. You know, like things were in the theater longer. People got a chance to see multiple movies. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, it's been a couple weeks. I might as well just wait for this to come on digital.
2: Well, it, you know, unfortunately, you know, this was before DVD. This was for, before VOD, obviously before the Internet. Uh-huh. This was pay-per-view but and HBO
3: and VHS. went
2: to the movies just to go to the movies.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It was, in itself, the activity. So there were plenty of films that thrived purely because you know, of you know, people wanted to just go to the movies and that was the best option or among the best options at that time.
3: Well and t- yeah, and and film had the best actors, the best directors. Yes. I mean it was a clear separation.
2: TV was good and getting quickly better. I mean this, you know, Friends, ER, X Files, Seinfeld, Homicide, yeah. Simpsons, Batman, you know, etc. But there still was a very clear delineation in terms of production values and
3: well, I mean, it was a big scale. deal back in the day if, if you got a, a movie star to just be
2: a guest star on a TV yeah. show. I mean, you know, even recently as 1999, everyone won eight chip when Julia Roberts guest starred on Law & Order. Mm-hmm. You know, she was Benjamin Bratt's girlfriend at the time. Spoiler, she's the killer. Um, <laughs>
3: well, you remember when Harrison Ford did the TV movie for Young Indiana yes. Jones? That was a, That was an event because yes. Harrison Ford was going to be on TV. As Indiana Jones.
4: No yes.
0: Yeah. Um, Sorry, Anthony Hopkins is just uh, murdering brides right now, <laughs> and he has their heads. That's the best part. He walks out with the heads and tosses them.
2: <laughs> that is very problematic.
0: It's oh, okay. Awesome. It's Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: yeah. But it's okay because he screams Dracool afterwards.
0: Yeah, he did it. You know, he has passion.
2: Yes. Um. But yeah, they are
0: vampires. I mean, is it, 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 it I mean, proper? <laughs> they're monsters.
2: <laughs> um, I always feel bad for the ones in the Monster Squad, just because we see them as regular teenagers before they get turned. <laughs> um, Dracula's not looking his best here.
3: Nope. Not, not that's as sexy as that uh,
2: gargoyle.
0: That's his gargoyle. Ebenezer Scrooge look. <laughs> That's a Christmas Dracula.
2: <laughs> I'm shocked they haven't made that.
0: A Christmas Dracula.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> he sees past, present, and future. <laughs> and Tiny Renfield is well, living around. Well, a Dracula around.
2: movie taking place at Christmas time.
0: Oh, there has to be one. <laughs> now we have to look this up. Besides Nightmare Before Christmas, I guess. But there's not Dracula. No, that's
3: you, not know, you know, we were talking about Tim Burton earlier. He did get to scratch this itch and make Sleepy Hollow. Yes.
2: Seven years later. Which I said which I mentioned was day, yeah. which was
0: produced by Coppola. Yeah.
2: Like
0: it, it uh, fell it fell within this like not universe, but like these kind of series of films where they were kind of bring it back like old school monsters and throwbacks and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Burton's film I mean I Hall is my as I've said, it's my favorite Tim Burton film. I don't you know, necessarily his best, but it's my favorite one and I like, get has all the ingredients in the same way that this movie does to kind of be a, a throwback that uses the director's notable aesthetic uh, to its advantage. But it,
3: it was the start of what would be the little period for him, too, of, like, everything being similar an to that. Yeah, being that. Tim Burton's take on this with Johnny Depp in a quirky role. Like, that was the start of everything.
2: Well, and I agree with you. You're correct. I, I just... Sleepy Hollow basically saved his career. I mean, if that film had bombed, he'd be done. And you Depp. Know, it, <laughs> uh, and yeah, and, well, that depth, you know,
0: it's one of his only hits really, from that time. Yeah, exactly.
2: like, yeah.
0: Um, that like what Donnie Brasco. Is yeah,
2: that, like, that was it. Donnie Brasco, Edward hands, and uh, Hollow and to a lesser extent, Blow. Um, but yeah, but both sucks. So after <laughs> That's a good you know, either. Batman Returns gets its 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 very complicated reception. Ed Wood flops, wins a couple Oscars, but it flops. Um, Mars, Mars
0: Attacks is a disaster. failure.
2: <laughs> um, so basically, you know, Sleepy Hollow is it. And for whatever reason, that film really clicked in a way that was, you know, again, it saved his career. Um, and I think there was a certain amount of safety, you know, after a few years in the wilderness. All of a sudden, he's getting offered Planet of the Apes and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and, you know, Alice in Wonderland. In, the, and...
0: in between those, he got to do, like, Big Fish, which feels like a, oh, yeah. like a passion yeah. project for him.
2: I agree. It, I mean, a yeah. no, few,
0: few of those don't feel... It. Besides, Apes and Alice are, like, the ones that don't feel like yeah. he necessarily needed to do them.
2: Yeah. And even Dark Shadows, I don't think it works, but I think it's something that he wanted to do. Oh, yeah, it's very yeah. much...
0: It looks like a Tim Burton movie.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Sweeney Todd, I like, I like that one. Yeah. Oh, I think it's to make Sweeney Todd after, yeah. like, 15, 20 years of trying. Oh,
0: no, Billy Campbell got stabbed. <laughs> oh, no. He's alright oh. though. He's still fighting. <laughs>
1: um, I'm sorry. Sure Sleepy Hollow isn't uh, talked about more. I never hear people mention that.
0: I I do as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, we all and,
1: talk about it. And that TV yeah, that
0: sh- there's that TV show <laughs> that we did that podcast for.
1: <laughs> but it's not something that I hear a lot of people discuss. No, you're so
0: you,
3: coming to the wrong people. Yeah, if you go, I, if you go in the archives, now with Aaron and Abe, you can hear Aaron and I discuss that
0: movie, in the commentary track. But there, the but it's one where it's people that don't, there's, a lot of people just think of it as average. I think it's legit great, uh, as far yeah. as what you expect no, from Tim great. Burton. Uh, but the, I mean, people people, but people tend to want to call upon like the good years of Burton, so they look they look at like Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands and Ed Wood, obviously, as they want to like say like, his best film, and they'll be like, Ed Wood, of course, because it has that mix of, like, indie cred, because it's not, like, a, it's not a huge blockbuster, but it, it's like Johnny Depp when he was, before he became, like, huge. Yeah. So it's like, you get this weird amount of, like, credit for naming a film that's obviously great. <laughs>
2: um, I, th- I think to a certain extent, it's the same, you know, the Eddie Murphy issue, where people talk about, oh, why can't Eddie Murphy go back to, you know, that Two or three year period where he made three movies that we liked. You know, it's, it's it's you know he spent a lot more time as the guy that made the Golden Child, the Nutty Professor, than he did being you know Beverly Hills Cop and Trading Places and, and Forty Eight Hours. Um, and I think there's value in both.
0: Yeah, in, um, coming to America. <laughs>
2: ah. um, the same thing with Tim Burton. I mean, you, you know, if if the only Tim Burton movies you'd like are Edward Scissorhands, Beetlejuice, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. You're probably not a Jim Burton fan. Um, anyway, rant over.
0: Or, you know, Coppola, the director of this movie, with that four, that four quadrant that we uh, already mentioned uh, with the Godfather uh, of the conversation uh, of Apocalypse. Uh, here's uh, here's, here's um, Chud Dracula.
2: Chud, <laughs> That's sexy.
0: It's like a glob of Play-Doh.
2: <laughs> Wipe your mouth.
0: <laughs> Give that man a napkin.
2: <laughs> what is it about stars from the eighties that didn't age? Winona Ryder? Yeah, I mean, she looks exactly the same in Stranger Things. And obviously there are tons of you know, Tom Cruise, uh, you know, to a lesser extent, obviously Keanu Reeves, I mean Jesus. He hasn't aged in three hundred years. Um
0: not Sean Aston.
2: And none of these people are black. Um
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's impressive,
2: I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a phenomenon I was not aware of until I saw the butler and saw you know I realized <laughs> wow all these people that I haven't seen in much in a while look exactly the same as the last time I saw them.
0: Especially John Cusack as Nixon.
2: Yeah. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> um,
3: John Cusack's my uh, uh, '80s actor pick to add to Stranger Things season three. He um, needs it.
2: <laughs> but does he deserve it? He'd John, fit. John,
0: he, he doesn't like to have fun though. <laughs> that's, that's 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 the true. problem. This could this could this could be a new turn for him. I'd be that's... I. That'd be great. But like, he doesn't like to have fun, which is a shame because he can be.
3: You're telling me, gross point blank, isn't fun?
0: No. Now he doesn't like to have fun. He got. He's very. Years he's, ago. He's very that's political now. he's doing now. straight to video. But he's also very political. I don't well, think people. Yeah. I don't think people really like working with Junkie Sag. <laughs> Although, but he's great in Chirac. Like he's he's absolutely terrific yeah. in Chirac. It's like where's this or like even the Paperboy, which is not good, but like he's having a blast doing something.
3: <laughs> yeah, last time I saw him was something with him and Bruce Willis, and they never shared the screen together. Oh yeah, they were both probably there for two days apiece. and they both they both very very much had the. Uh, did you sign that check yet? Performances.
0: Here we go it's like smash cut ending too right head chop yep and movie
2: and that's pretty it's much the end
0: because
1: the score is like going up and that amazing song
0: and she
3: looks up at odin and hella <laughs> <ceiling. laughs>
2: poor Asgard.
0: they do they, they let winona kill him which is nice you know mm-hmm. I think that's in the book too. I, I imagine it is, but yeah. even though, like, you could you could yeah. see that being well, rewritten. In, uh,
3: Isabella Johnny gets to kill him in the Herzog
0: one. She yeah. tricks him. Yeah. Oh. God, that movie's good. I talk about that in the horror. It episode, is the Herzog. Herzog. We didn't Nosferatu. even
3: mention it during this till now.
0: <laughs> I mentioned Nosferatu a bit, but yeah, I mean that that's yeah. a you want to talk about a really atmospheric vampire movie. Werner Herzog's Nosferatu, the Vampire, is fantastic. <laughs> and really creepy like that's i try to remember the last time i was like scared by a dracula movie besides you know dracula untold which is terrifying uh... and
3: that, was, that was that uh trifecta year where you had that uh Badham's dracula and um the we mentioned them earlier george hamilton's
0: uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep george hamilton was dracula,
3: <laughs> dracula uh, the comedy one but uh yeah you had all three three of those in one year
0: He's just mm. Bill Campbell in this.
3: Oh, he was going for the serious role. Mm-hmm. He, he grew up since...
2: <laughs> what theory. was the name of the, uh... Now it'll be ABC William. ...show for about five, couple years with solo Ward. Is it Once and Again? Yes. I, I remember on. it wasn't Now and Again, which is the one I like that was canceled after a year. That was one with Dennis Haysbert and Eric, uh... Crap. Bogosian? <laughs> <laughs> Um,
0: I'm trying to find it because this is important. He like, was in the, the killing, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in the killing once and again. Yeah. You're, you're right, Scott. It was once and again. Yeah, he was Over. in the, the the killing. Yeah, that was his that was his like regular role for a little bit there. And Helix, I guess, was a thing for a little bit on on it that
3: That vampire show. Or no, no, Helix was not that. That was
0: something else. No, Helix was a uh, like a CDC in um in the okay. Arctic.
1: City Frost never did anything again, right? She kind of just did this and nothing else.
0: Uh, yeah. You know, there was kind of like, yeah, nothing, nothing notable. Yeah.
1: Yeah, really, There's nothing like nothing here. Yeah, it seems like she just. Did it.
0: Well, her thing was being married to Jude Law. Like that was the thing that she had, and then that then that ended also.
1: So, I remember this movie came out when VHSs cost like over a hundred dollars.
3: And... Well, if, if well, that was when you had to, like d- there was a yeah. rental period where the rental places got exclusives and they could mm-hmm. buy them in bulk and get a discount on them. But if you wanted to buy it, you had to go to like a store or the rental place and be like, how much is that? And they're like eighty nine ninety nine. 99. And then like, then the, then the next year it'd come out and it'd be like twenty nine ninety nine to buy for mm-hmm. normal people. There was like that period of, of waiting. Cause it used to be like, it come out in the theater and then after like a year it would come on VHS after going through pay-per-view and then maybe premiering on HBO and then it'd be on VHS. Mm-hmm. But it will it, it would have rented before that at the rental store and then the purchase would come after that and then it hit like the ABC Sunday night movie or TNT or something like that. But yeah, that, I remember those VHS like, oh, I, I do you guys have this? Like, yeah, we can get that for you. It'd be 99 99 It's like, whoa, no, 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 no.
0: That's how I saw this, by the way. My mom had this VHS. Like I had the most like tapes when I was a kid, but it was like it was like a smattering of things. It'd be like some kids' movies as well as like things like T two and whatnot, which I've talked about before. How T two is like a movie I grew up with, that like Batman. Um, but like my mom had Dracula. That was like one of the few movies that she actually had. And that's what that's where I was able to see it because she had the VHS ah. tape of Dracula, which has the like the cover just is Drac. It's like just just Dracula with the gargoyle statue on it.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That,
3: I think there were some of the posters where they did that thing where they'd have like the cast roster as little squares at the bottom but uh yeah. Yeah. by the writing where you'd be
1: like a headshot. that,
3: was that
1: was how a the popular thing to do. He was, I think.
0: Say that twice.
1: I think that was uh, the cover for the Superbit DVD. Yeah,
0: it was the Superbit cover.
1: Remember uh, Superbit? He... Yep. <laughs> Good old Superbit.
0: I've had I've had one Superbit and it was Panic Pun- Room. Pun- Oh, no no, I didn't have that one because I waited. I wait I knew there was gonna be a special edition, so I waited on that one for a while. Uh, it's uh, Punch Drunk Love. That was the one super bit I had.
3: Panic Room still not on Blu-ray.
0: Yep, somehow that's not on Blu ray.
3: Thanks, D Finch.
0: I, Criterion's really waiting to get their hands on Panic Room. That's what it is.
3: It's Sony. That I mean I I just don't understand.
0: Yeah, that seems like an obvious one, and one that's pretty well-liked, too, as far as, like... It's, it's uh, only
3: got uh, Jodie Foster and uh, Oscar-winner Jared Leto from uh, and, and, Squad. and
0: And Oscar-winner Forrest Whitaker. And Forrest
3: Whitaker, Dwight Yoakam. future Oscar-winner Kristen Stewart. Yeah. There you go, yeah. it's It's got... It makes no sense. But... And a
2: third person whose name escapes me. Dwight Yoakam.
3: Dwight Yoakam. Oh, yeah, fair enough.
2: <laughs> that might be... Kim,
3: well, Kim Basinger via the phone, or Nicole no, Nicole Nicole, Kidman. Yeah, that Nicole might, Kidman. that might that you know
0: there might be a future where that movie has nothing but Oscar winners in it. Like David Fincher yeah. would likely win an Oscar eventually. Stewart probably win an Oscar at some point. Like that movie might have nothing but Oscar winners in it.
3: Oscar and Emmy winners and a couple Golden Globes. You know. <laughs> And some Saturn awards. No. In conclusion
0: no. <laughs> to our Bram Stoker's commentary, <laughs> <laughs> Panic Room is amazing. <laughs> it's yeah, I like that.
3: It's, it. I mean, it's just Fincher experiment. Ugh, why is that
0: not around? Man. It's a weird one, and it's it very much, it's it's on my shelf. It's like, why is this one ruining things so I can't play stuff properly because it's, yeah. it's DVD next to all these Blu-rays I have? Yeah, so that's... So true. And that's how American Zoetrope was saved. For the San
3: Francisco <laughs> office now. of American Zoetrope presents Bram Stoker's Dracula. Well,
0: he's he's fine now because he has the winery. Like I think that's what and like and Coppola uh, in uh, mm-hmm. sorry Sophia yeah. Sophia Coppola. That's what keeps things going. <laughs> Even though it's not like her movies are exactly breaking the bank either. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: I have terrible news for you. Is about Kevin Spacey? No. Oh. Apparently, Creed Two is auditioning actors to play Ivan oh, Drago's son. Oh, I, I,
3: welcome to the welcome to uh, November seventh, Scott.
0: Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's a different commentary though, and we have to conclude this one. So that's been our commentary for Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. Where can people find more of your guys' work online? Scott Mendelson,
2: Forbes. And I've been seeing so many press screens. Apparently, I'm behind on the actual news. Because completely missed
0: me. Brandon Peters.
2: I must drink you. Um, I was trying to
3: tie it in there <laughs> poorly. Uh, Carlton with Cavalcade. Cavalcade.com at CC Cavalcade on social media. We've done Malibu Express. We got Picasso Trigger coming out, and we'll round it out with Savage Beach. Um, come watch the adventures of Donna and Taryn. It's great.
0: Jordan Grout.
1: Why so blue? You can find That's me. Not it.
0: Yep. You can find me on Why So Blue. I'm also at We Live Entertainment, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. You know where you can find this. Uh, podcast and the regular episodes but they're on itunes and Boom. you can follow us on facebook and twitter of course um t- 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 please, b- by the way as we've talked about bram stoker's dracula and a lot of other things Cop- coppola has a great commentary track on this movie as he does with all of his movies pretty much like he's a great commentator so if you want to actually hear legit facts about this movie that are really worthwhile be sure to listen to that also this first obviously then you know coppola too like that's fine um thank you guys for joining me to discuss uh, bram stoker's dracula
1: thank you thank you
0: always a pleasure and yeah that's gonna do it for this bonus commentary track episode feel free to check out all the regular ones as we uh, get those going throughout the rest of november there's some big movies coming out i hear you know something like justice league uh but yeah we'll see we'll see how that goes but until next time so long and goodbye i
4: am a vampire i am a vampire the musical